Jersey, Long Island, Virginia. That's crazy that they were Chicago. Look how freaking tall his legs are. Who, are... Tyler? The yeah, dude? like, they're just, like, so freaking Tyler's 5'10". Long. Oh, that's not that long. They no. look like, everyone here looks so large. Yeah. Are <laughs> right, you guys ready? Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm ready. ready. Oh, let me put my phone away. Yes, class okay. is beginning. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hi. We have Sabrina back again. Hello. After her, after her last catastrophe of the podcast. <laughs> and we got Mike here. And Hello. we have a very special podcast today. Mm-hmm. These people are meeting up for the first time yeah. on a yeah. Tinder date. Yeah. And so, we're here to record the whole thing. Yeah. We're here to just watch. <laughs> just watch. Um, so why don't you guys walk us through what do you have to do on Tinder? In order to match with people. And yeah. Tinder, like how the app what works. What is Tinder? Yeah. Oh, you play the swipey game. And if you swipe the same, you like match up. Like I, I like this person or I don't. Or you can do like super likes where like someone just sees that you like them. And then you can pay for like more shit. So, so how do you judge? No, we're, what did you like about each other? Um. Yeah. Do you, you want to go? tall. Mm-hmm. I like redheads. Um, I don't know. Like. <laughs> There's, like, I don't know, on Tinder, there's, like, so much obvious, like, no, and, like, there's, like, the obvious yes. You're, like, a pretty, like, obvious yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I do kind of like the same game, but since I'm a guy and I'm fresh out of a relationship, kind of looking for, like, a, a physical rebound, mm-hmm. I play that game a lot more, like, quickly. Mm-hmm. So I'll decide, like, yep, 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 nope, 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 yep, 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 nope, yep. So yeah. how long would you say it is to make a choice? Depends on the mood or the time of day. One to ten seconds. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So we're both fresh out of relationships. Okay. So how long ago did you end your relationship? Friday. Friday. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. very sick. Mine yeah. is May 18th. What's today? June 6th. June. A couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. How so long was fresh. your relationship? About two and a half years. Same. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's very it's even playing. Yeah, yeah. So you guys had all of this in common, but... The only thing that made you swipe was like the picture, right? Yeah. The pictures. Yeah. There's like a Probably. little bio. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't remember honestly. Like I might have looked in your bio and something yeah. was intriguing. Like probably your job. I and think... I thought, like you know, I swipe right on a lot of like-minded people because I'm not out there only for hookups. I'm trying to meet new people mm-hmm. and have experiences like this. Yeah, you know, that's why I'm this here. So, cool. so many, yeah. like you, you three have said to me already, maybe t- two or three times, like I can't even believe you're here. Like, yeah, what the hell's going on? You know? Is it? Well, I just think it was. It's just like pretty funny. Yeah, it's like bring someone to podcast. Like, what, like what would you think if you were just on Tinder and you're like, swipe, 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 swipe. and somehow you fucking ended up in some kind of podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that anybody's watching, but <laughs> well, I don't know. I thought we were still. gonna get catfish, but I was like, the three of us will get catfish. <laughs> yeah, 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 show yeah. Up. we're all in it. You know. Oh, wow, what a day. I thought the same, too, because I was literally, I've been watching a lot of comedy, and uh, <laughs> I've been, I guess just subconsciously or consciously, sometimes it, it varies, uh, just like taking bits and pieces of my favorite comedians mm-hmm. and using them to tell my stories and to talk mm-hmm. to people, not just tell jokes, mm-hmm. you know? You can hear that I probably time my sentences and I have a cadence that's different than most 22-year-olds. And I think the same of you. I don't know how mm-hmm. old each and every one of you are. Oh, I honestly but, thought you were a bit older. Yeah. How old are you? Yeah. 22. Yeah, me too. I'm born April 5th. Born April 5th. Yeah. December 29th. 
January 29th. <laughs> 1998. Nice. <laughs> fun, fun. Oh, D-Day. Oh, my God. It's D-Day. Happy D-Day, everyone. <laughs> if you didn't know, it's also her birthday, too. Yeah. So, happy birthday. <laughs> thanks, yeah. Thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would say when I go through, when I did go through Tinder, it was very fast. I was just like, nope, nope, nope. yes, <laughs> I didn't do much reading. <laughs> Part of it's like when you're after a breakup, like as a girl, I just like when people message me like, hey, like I just, yeah. I'm like, oh, like, well, yeah, so, so wait, hold on. that's, that's the first stage is the swiping. But then once you have a match, uh, yeah. now you have to do some sort of message. So what's the game plan in terms of that? I mean, um, it's usually the guy first. It's different yeah. with guys. Yeah. I'm transparent now. Oh, yeah, it's so fucking weird, man. It's so weird. It's not like I'm coming out there and telling my life story. You guys mm-hmm. don't know where you're gonna by the end of tonight. Mm-hmm. But uh-huh. if you ask me a question, I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, I've started living my life uh, according to the belief that a man does what is best, or what he believes in is is in his best interest. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for me, that means you know aligning with my moral code and. You know, that's basically all I've really gotten so far with how I want to live mm-hmm. and conduct my life, you know. So yeah. has there been a shift in your life? Have you, like, yeah. used to not be that? Uh, I've always been very critical of how I've acted. Oh. I've learned to have very high expectations, and it's not always been a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think okay. it's definitely helped me, and I wouldn't be the same person talking to you today if I wasn't that way. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be here, you know. Have but, you Have you ever read the book uh, 12, 12 Rules for Life? <laughs> oh, Jordan, no. Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson? Yeah. It seems like it's that kind of attitude. Yeah, it really does. It's no, but he said like you're. You said you're a hippie, and where like I don't. I don't really identify. Like I'm very technical. I'm an engineer. You're very like. I don't know what you do. Yeah, well, like, very. Well, technical well, hold on. People. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say that like hippies aren't technical people. I <laughs> well, mean, Steve. Steve, Steve yeah. Well, it's just. It's just yeah. more like I don't know. More open. Well, it, it seems like more relaxed. You know, less less focused about. The trivial matters that would just like stress other people out like sitting in traffic for example like i don't see anything really stressful about that because yeah you know you you, you were just complaining it. Me <laughs> because it was just something that was there i'm literally leaving the fucking state <laughs> because of traffic it's one of the top reasons oh i hate God. it <laughs> cannot stand traffic on long island yeah i can see how it would be very frustrating it to is, a lot of people yeah. because you just want to get home, and it's like you press the gas pedal, and then you stop, and then you start, and then you stop really fast. But if you have something that like you can occupy yourself with, like it is a podcast, music. So, um, on on the on the topic of Tinder, how how good do you think it is to use the app versus I don't know meeting people in person? Because that that's the real thing. On the app, you can just do this like swiping game. Maybe have some good good first messages pick up line and maybe you know go out with them and who knows whether that's going to end up in like you guys going home or just actually end up dating Mm -hmm. but then there's the bar scene where you can i don't know go into a bar go talk to you know some girl or you know do something there um what are like the i guess other ways outside that you could meet people well i feel like you can meet people Um, at school work like really anywhere like you just it's different, like, to do it cold, like, you just meet someone, then you ask yeah. them out, versus, like, you know them for a while, and you, like, develop, like, something for them. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times you, like, know someone in life, like, they're in your classes, and then you, like, match on Tinder, and you're like, oh, that was in the back of your mind, too. Yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah. the types that are, like, mutual, have mutual friends with, like, 
that are all your friends, but you're not actually friends. Yeah. But you see them around, you know who they are. Yeah. I think you that's stalk almost... their Facebook. <laughs> you know what they're doing. <laughs> right, right. I think it's all super subjective. I think that with the rise in technology and like social media and everything, it just allows more people to make more connections. Yeah. And I think that you know, you're gonna see some people trying to make connections in toxic ways, just as they would at a bar if we didn't have any of it. Mm. You know. So what's the difference in the game plan? If you're at a bar versus on Tinder, it's subjective. Are you asking for me personally? Yeah, like what would what would you think to do? Would you be saying the same lines you say in the yeah. messages on Tinder? Yeah, definitely the same lines. But I feel like if I'm going out to a bar, I'm hanging out with my friends, and I'm not necessarily trying to pick up chicks. Mm -hmm. That's more in the back of my mind. I'm more there to see my brothers, you know, and, mm -hmm. or you know, friends, either gender, mm -hmm. any gender. Do you feel like because it's like so easy and convenient, does it strip some of the, I don't know, the essence of like going out and trying to like, you know, woo, woo a girl? I've never tried. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I've been in relationships mm -hmm. for seven years of my life mm -hmm. and, you know, starting when I was 15. So I had a year in college, it was my freshman year, and I still looked like I did on my Facebook. Like I didn't have <laughs> hair, I didn't have a beard, I was very skinny growing up, mm -hmm. and I'm still thin. But, you know, I'm muscular and I'm strong and I mm -hmm. feel good about my weight. Mm -hmm. And I never felt like that until I was like 20 or 21 mm -hmm. in a relationship. Mm. So do you think your friends felt that way when you're going out? Because I feel like a lot of... No. No, they were trying to, like, hit on people. Because that's weird to have that attitude. Because, like, I mean, I was always in a relationship in college and going out with my friends. I was like, I want to hang out with you guys. And they're like, boys. So it's weird uh, yeah, I mean, it's, to have it that attitude. I'm sure if I was more open to going out, because I'm not a big party or bar guy. I've been 22, and I love beer, and I've been drinking for a long time. But I'm not. I'd much rather have, like, a, a house party or chill out, like, a pregame with my buddies or, like, my teammates or something like that. Mm. I played uh, D1 college volleyball, but mm -hmm. dropped out recently. I just saw people playing volleyball. They just did a bike ride on the Jones Beach path. They were on the beach? <laughs> yeah, some of them were. In the sand? Yeah. There were. There was only one court being used, though. Mm. Were the they playing ones. twos or fours? Like 4v4 or 2v4? Yeah, 4v4. Four, four four. Yeah. yeah. It looks like they're holding their tournaments on that side. Mm. There are people having a frisbee tournament when I sent them out here. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's hustle. Oh. Yeah, I did that one summer, mm. and then I stopped doing it. <laughs> was it fun? What position did you play? Um, I was, I was a handler. Mm -hmm. So um, you're the guy throwing most of yeah, the time. Yeah, so like throwing the people, and stuff like that. It was it was fun, but yeah, it was just very time consuming. Yeah, and I'd rather spend my time doing other things. <laughs> um, so I never used Tinder for myself, but I have catfished on Tinder. <laughs> I think it's horrible <laughs> to catfish people. Well, it's funny on your end. It wasn't catfishing like emotional like blackmail or anything like that. It was just like, you know, you're hanging out with a, uh, a few friends. And Did you at least choose a douchey guy to like do this They to? were all only douchey guys. If, we, if there was a nice guy, we would stop because it was like, oh my god, like we, we can't just like ruin... Ruin his, Ruin his night, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was all like, oh, yeah, I'm a chef in the Hamptons. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. I'll cook for you. <laughs> like, yeah. please. Like, or, like. I'm naked right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, every every so man's face. Right? Thirsty. Just, like, 
thirst traps. Like they were, they were so desperate, and it was, it was hilarious. Though, did was you your s- picture like a waterfall or something? Like that? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, boys! Like. No, but the girl we concocted was great because she was this blonde girl who like loved to play ultimate frisbee. Oh, and big girl. Yeah, yeah. We, we used oh, to that's bad. That's really bad. <laughs> I was gonna say it would be one thing if you put a picture of like a bunny or like really? a rock or something like that, or just, like, just to fuck around. Oh no! I but if you like go out show there, myself. as I'm Did swiping, you make a social I media figure. profile for them too. <laughs> no, that and that was where we went wrong because they would be like, "Show me your Instagram." No. Oh, I'm thinking this is a cat. You should have really worked it up. I mean, you should have been doing social media. It's like, oh, come to yeah. my event today. And it's just like all fucking fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, out, you're out taking pictures. You're just like inserting photoshopping her into like all these places. Like, just came back from Hawaii. <laughs> if you actually get one on the hook, like you should do some fucking like, oh, weird ass. Uh, can I, I can curse on here, right? Like, yeah, I, don't, yeah, I don't remember yeah. if you guys let it fly. Oh, no, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, no, go ahead. Okay, so, like, if you just, like, bring them there and whatever, and it's just, like, a fake date, fake date, prank them in some way. <laughs> like, just have a camera there ready or yeah. some kind of fucking bit. Oh, my God. Yeah. That would be funny. Uh, you, we, could, I'm, you should hire me, seriously. <laughs> to be the engineer of the cafe. No, just a writer. <laughs> yeah. Just a writer on the Is, podcast. I'll work for free. <laughs> I'll just send you funny ideas. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's also other apps too. There's, so besides Bumble. Tinder, there's Bumble. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I have Bumble too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think I liked Bumble better. Yeah. I thought Frenzy, is that a thing anymore? Oh, I've never heard of that one. I feel like I like had it once and you're supposed to like make, you're supposed to make friends, but it was always like, it was never for friends. Yeah. Oh. I mean, what I, what I liked about Bumble was the fact that since the girl had to message you first, it was more effort on their part to go message you. So there was a higher rate of success on on those dates because, you know, if they're if they're messaging you, then there's some level of interest and they're not just another person that you matched with, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you define success in that statement you just made? Well, success would be going out on a date. Okay. Like, actually following through, getting their number, going mm-hmm. on a date. That would be a success. Yeah. Just messaging, that's really not a success yeah. at all. Because right, the goal right. of the app is for you to meet in person, not message over the app. Mm-hmm. You know? Did you hear about that story? It was, like, this guy and this girl on Tinder. And then they would just respond to each other sporadically over, like, a span of months. And it would always be like, oh, sorry, I was in the shower at, like, <laughs> seven months later. Like, that oh, That was their response. And then, like, good morning, America. <laughs> 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 They like brought them on the show and took them on a trip to like Hawaii. Or that something. is hysterical. Wow. And I'm yeah. sure it was probably something like this, like you're just two people fucking around or whatever, just yeah. seeing what's gonna happen and just like totally uh, cool with each other about it and like I making mean, a joke. Yeah. It seemed like they were, you know, had the same sense of humor. Yeah. But then in person, <laughs> they were so awkward. Like the guy was really like super into the girl, and the girl wasn't. Yeah. So. Oh, the That's girl. Funny. See, this is very nice because you do have very much the same sense of humor. <gasps> Thank oh. you. Thank you. There's like been guys where I've just been like, I don't know, saying some dumb shit, and they get like upset. They get like mean. What do you know? Like on Tinder, like guys just really want to talk about just like the down and dirty or like whatever. Like they're just like very vulgar guys that like if you're being funny, they can't. I don't. I don't know if that has ever worked. (laughs) (laughs) Guys being vulgar. Well, I mean, there's a time and a place. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's pretty much implied in that case. Where, you know, you're really getting vibes from that person that it's okay to be that way. 
but I mean, just oh. just just being like straight up, like down there. It's like how often? What's the success rate on that? Yeah. What do you besides mean? girls, besides girls just being like. Let's yeah, bite no. into this a little bit. Yeah. Sure. So do you mean just like out of the blue, right? Out of the blue, like starts talking dirty, asking what's your favorite position. Yeah, like if you say hey, and they say like hey, did yeah. you? Yeah, that's that's what I mean. It's yeah. straight off the bat, like right. going straight for it. And has it worked? Yeah, I, I mean, I feel and, like and, no, it probably has. Does it work? But what I'm saying is, yeah, you're a math guy, you know. <laughs> what, what, I, what I'm saying is, is I don't think that that works at at, at like m- most of the times. Isn't that uh, gonna work? It's gonna be a really, I think, weird girl. What do you think yeah. it would be? I think it would be 1%. 1% of the time. No, less. 1 out of 100? No, no. I've, do those people less even bother using like. Tinder? Because I feel like they're so vulgar that they would just like... That's the only way they do. That's the only way that they can get like, <laughs> prostitution. women. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, we should get a girl on this podcast that's like said yes to those vulgar well, things. Like, yeah. maybe, it's <laughs> maybe it's a Well, fetish. hold on. Hold on. There's also... Um, on the guy's side, there's the problem of, all right, even of the people you do have matches with, you still have to also be in the case that, all right, a subset of those people are going to just be there for boosting their ego. Uh-huh. Girls and they're not actually going to go out. They're just there for you to say nice things to them. Mm. Do guys do that a lot? No. <laughs> I don't think no. so. Well, no. <laughs> well, I feel like guys really like having their ego Maybe stroked Nugent. on yeah. Tinder. So they'll just like talk all about their accomplishments, like, and oh, just yeah. expect like a praise. Definitely. That's what you did for like twenty minutes. Now I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like me. I don't know. No. You might be right. No, I think I think funny is is the way. Yeah. Mm. Funny is the way to get in, especially mm. over text. Yeah. You, yeah. you need to be funny because that gauges interest. That that makes people be like, oh, that's interesting. You might say something funny yeah. later. Yes. <laughs> I'll text them. It's it's. It's definitely the way to be. Yeah. Do guys think when girls are funny, it's almost a turn off? Not me. No. No. I know I've. Heard I like that interesting somewhere. people. <laughs> like, yeah. I've heard yeah. Genuinely. Yeah. If the girl is funny. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like some of the jokes I've made where it's been like, oh, that's something I'd make with my bros. Where it's just like, why are you here? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. I'm doing my job. Well, <laughs> ultimately, why are they here if they're not enjoying that? You know, I feel like if you're a person who doesn't want the the woman that they marry or someone they're going to take in, in a serious relationship to make them laugh, then who are you? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like that applies to any relationship. But Tinder isn't yeah. really marriage. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you have to keep that in mind, of course. Yeah. Because yeah. are we getting married? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're fucking lucky. No, but I. <laughs> <laughs> I hate. I hate live wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of, one of the biggest pet peeves I have is just really basic people. It's like there's just either either they just don't let something be interesting about themselves because they're so concerned about what other people think that they mm. just don't let themselves be who they actually are. You know, in and fear they, of public opinion. Yeah, or peer they're just opinion? like they're just like I'm gonna be the gold standard of normal, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't want people to think I'm weird or people to think, well, you know, this or that. I hate when people who aren't actually weird are like, I'm so weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> they're just like, oh, we're just out here. Look at how weird we are. Like, no, you're not. What are you doing that's weird? Yeah. You're, yeah. you're sitting on margaritas. Everybody does that. <laughs> right, right. Everybody and their fucking mom does that. <laughs> I'm quite 
question. So I see a lot of guys have like engineers. Do a lot of girls have engineers on their profile? No. No, it's I was very much reflective of the real statistics that are out there. It mm. is. Yeah. I was always curious about that. I like considered like making myself like incognito and changing myself to a man that likes yeah. women to see. I, mean, I was like, don't go that far. Don't yeah, go that far. It's probably more you see more women engineers on like dating apps and stuff than I figure I meet in person, but I don't meet as many people as I'm swiping on, you know? Yeah. So keep mm-hmm. that in mind. Yeah. But I'd, I'd say it's relatively representative of the stats that are out there. Mm-hmm. So me being an engineer, is that like a mask? What's the word? Demasculating? Emasculating at all? Does that Emasculating? Mean, is that weird? No, I don't I believe don't in gender so. norms. I think they're a little weird. <laughs> I think it's a little weird that people find the needs to identify themselves in such a way. Yeah. If they claim, if they're, I mean, I, you know, I haven't really talked to any transgender people very seriously about this. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. But, um, I, uh, sorry, I was just looking at your vinyls. Um, I just don't find a need myself as a straight white male, uh, to classify myself as such, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. You hear that phrase being villainized a lot, straight, straight white male. Right. <laughs> You're probably I, I, I use it in a joking way because, <laughs> well, like, if I'm ever, like, I smoke weed and I drive high. So, like, if I ever make a joke about driving high, I'm never getting pulled over. I'm a straight white male. <laughs> you know, like, that's yeah. not, ha- it's not happening. Like, I have, you cop- know, I have a cop family. I'm not getting in trouble for a little bit of weed, man. It's 2019. You know, I ran a, um, uh, a sentiment analysis on Twitter. Of the top tweets with the tags of straight white male. And I wanted to see, like, what was the average sentiment. Mm-hmm. And it was mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking mean. How did you <laughs> conduct this research? I just, I, I use a neural network to train on sentiment. Okay. So look at a sentence and rate it from negative one to one. So one wow. being positive, negative one being like really negative. Did you write a code for this? Yeah. Nice. And then I just used Twitter's API to okay. do that. But it was interesting. What uh, program do you use? Python. Nice. Yeah. Anything else? No. <laughs> but, yeah, that was interesting. Nice. Yeah, I would be definitely interested. I always have silly questions like that, but it's mostly anecdotal. I'll never really conduct a, a serious study or I'm, nothing that I'm working on. More than just a conversation with someone I haven't talked to in a week or two. Yeah. But, uh, if that, you know, may, a lot of the times it's just like, oh, ponder, hmm, can yeah. a thought experiment? No. <laughs> yeah. I'm not writing this one down. <laughs> no. Sorry. I did see someone in Target today, our favorite justice warrior from high school. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly who I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. She seemed um, very good. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think guys view, I don't know, engineering as something that's... I feel like that's attractive. Like, oh, Is she's it? smart. She's intelligent. Yeah, I mean, that's that's so what I like. I like, people. I like, mm. yeah, I like. I, I don't I wouldn't say I like really girly girls because I like people that can do things on their own yeah and that always aren't so like needy like damsel in distress type yeah mm-hmm. like that and it's like oh no spider it's like mm. <laughs> yesterday I had the fishing rod I was like it's all tangled because it doesn't help me mm. Nugent's like we're not taking fucking woman fishing anymore <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like there's there's some sense of like independence and and kind of like a little bit of a fuck you attitude. I like that. I don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't like the, you know, really complacent, like, oh, so delicate. <laughs> right. I don't think that's fun. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I've been in relationships where that's been the, like, my role, mm-hmm. where that I'm, like, the caretaker. The, yeah, the caretaker, or, like, yeah. as a oh. nuclear family believer would say, like, the man in the family. Oh. I wore the pants, mm. right? Uh-huh. And so I'm not the. What's your 
She wore? She wore anything. Nothing. 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 If you watch it back, I beat you to it. She didn't wear anything. There's always, <laughs> there's always a decision every day. There's one pair of pants here. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm, I'm not going out naked today. <laughs> oh, no, no. I have no problem going out naked. She would make the choice. <laughs> Anyways. I'm uh, the kind of guy who really likes affection. <laughs> and like, you know. In all senses of the word. Yeah. You know? Just from like. <laughs> right, yeah. Like. Where's your pen? Seriously, like anything from like, you know, like scratching my head like a dog. Mm-hmm. Like a dog, and I'll make a joke that I'm kicking my leg. I love it. I seriously <laughs> love it that much. Like that, you know, any kind of, you know, rubbing your back or whatever, because that's what my parents did growing up. And it was just always mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, I was the firstborn, mm-hmm. very, you know, nurtured mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. coddled and everything yeah. like that. So do you feel like your parents' marriage really, like, influences what you want for yourself or, like, expect for yourself? More than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no. yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. So who do you live with? My dad. Okay. And did they remarry? No. Oh, okay. No, my mom's gay. Oh, and my oh. biological mom is gay. Oh, wow. Yeah, my mom, her parents were uh, hardcore Irish Catholic from the Bronx, mm-hmm. first generation. Mm-hmm. And uh, when she came out to them long before I was born, they sent her away to a priest to get fixed and cured of wow. her sins, that's right? That's horrible. So what are they going to do? That's something oh that, like, gosh. yeah, it's kind of been... They rape little kids, that's what they do. Oh, my God! <laughs> oh my so, I'm guessing that everything between them is very friendly and understood. Yeah, it was. Your, my, your dad my, and your mom are very friendly. No, no, no. No, they're not. Oh. I thought you meant my mom and my grandparents. Yeah, they, no. recon- they reconciled, but my grandparents are all passed away. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, but, so, no, my parents don't really get along, mm-hmm. and it's only in times of need that they... Mm-hmm. Um, communicate really. Mm-hmm. Wait, can you speak more about that, or do you not? Want sure. To get into yeah. It? What do you need to know? <laughs> what do you I don't want know. to know? What let was me, that like? Like, rephrase. when did you they divorce? Yeah. How did that go down? Like, how did she come out to him? Yeah. Or to you? Like. Yeah. 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 She came out to me when I was thirteen, okay. which was quite some time after my parents divorced. My parents got divorced. They sat me down and told me as I was going into fifth grade, so I was nine or ten, mm-hmm. and uh, I was ten. Sorry. And I have a sister who's four years and eight months younger than I am. And so she was young. She was really young. Five or six. And, you know, pretty much, like, sat us down in our childhood home. We lived on a cul-de-sac. It was the American dream. I had, you know, brothers for neighbors. Mm-hmm. I grew up half Italian because <laughs> the Maggi's lived next door, you know? And um, so for a long time after, you know, the whole divorce settled and whatever, and we lived together in that house for, like, two years after that before everything got settled and we got our own places and uh we were going back and forth my sister and I for a little bit and then eventually my sister stopped living with my dad and at first it was like really really scary because I was 13 at the time or 14 and like at the critical moment that my sister made that decision to not live with my dad anymore I had to stand between them Mm. and tell my dad who was 55 at the time maybe as a 14, 13-year-old, real skinny kid, as I mentioned, no, she's leaving. Mm-hmm. And that's my dad, you know, so. So there it's was a no little... custody decision? It was your choice? Yeah, it became oh. our choice. Oh, that's odd. I've never heard of There was a custody decision, and we were following that plan. Like, we would have custody with my dad, and there was an awful custody battle mm-hmm. that ended ultimately with my mom agreeing to not have full custody because she didn't want my dad to out her 
because oh. she has she has a position in the school district oh my mm-hmm. god, in town. That's awful. And oh my gosh. you know, we live on Long Island. I live on the North Shore, which is even more Republican than the most than yeah. most of the island. Mm-hmm. So you're the second person I know that's ever had the father have custody. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah it's, I've, it's very rare. My cousins have had that because their mom, there was a lot of neglect charges. Like, mm-hmm. they would come home and she would say, why aren't you loving me? And she would, like, rip up their homework. Right. And it was just very bad. She was yeah. a bad person. She still is. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's so rare for the for to live with the dad. She sounds troubled more than anything. She's a bitch. Yeah, she's a horrible person. I've never do met you, her, so. Do, yeah. you, do you think that your dad, like, you know, knew it all that she yeah. was gay? Yeah, I know. That. As as it was, like, sort of unfolding, it was like, oh, yeah, I see. Mm. You don't like men. <laughs> yeah. So this they, is becoming more obvious. Yeah, right. It wasn't very surprising for him that he knew on the first date. Oh, really? Really. So he continued Why? going through with it, even though he had the suspicions? Yeah. Mm. He didn't have suspicions. He knew. Oh, she told him or he knew? Oh, she told him. So he was doing it willingly, like, to be her, like, beard. What do you mean by that? Oh, it's like you have a fake... Get attached to the face? What are you talking (laughs) about? You have a fake significant other of the opposite sex so that, like, to the outside world, you appear to be heterosexual. Hmm. I don't like that term. My dad can't grow facial hair. (laughs) He has a mustache, but he can't grow a beard. Um, I don't think so. They told okay. they told me and my sister that they were in love. Oh, okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they were together for 14 years. Um, you know, I, I believe it. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe they were in love. I believe they had kids for it. You know, they I knew that they had a rocky marriage through and through. My dad's a uh, recovered alcoholic. I, I don't know when the last time he drank was. I caught him relapsing. He'd been sober mm-hmm. for my entire life up until the relapses I caught him at. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I knew I know now that he was drinking probably more than I caught him around the time of the divorce, but um, I'm not sure if he's drinking now. I I can only suspect that he probably is. So how much does drinking uh, affect like the functionality of your home? A lot. My wow. dad's a very depressed person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you walk into my house, uh, you'll go into the kitchen, and it's you know not a disaster. By any means, but it's a hoarder's house almost. Mm-hmm. Like we have bills and stuff piled all along the counters. Like it's not like this. This place is mm-hmm. no castle by any means, but it's a lovely home. And yeah. you can that tell that a family nice was. <laughs> and you can tell that yeah, a my family dad's was raised. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you understand what I mean. It's an inductive yeah. life yeah. for a, a child to live in, yeah. and I can't imagine that it's been that. It's been that way. I've been. I've lived there for ten years. It's been mm-hmm. that way since we moved in. Okay. So you don't have any compulsive feeling to clean because my mom is like very messy, and then part no. of that's because she had like a brain tumor, so she just like, I, doesn't think to clean. So I'm like almost disgusted when there's it's, mess. It's a little you bit. Don't have that tick in you. I, no. I think it might be a little huh. bit of an effect of addictive people. Yeah. Because yeah. my my sister is like, um, is like addicted to heroin or like you know was she's you know recovering, but it's been a problem since she was like twelve. And she's twenty eight now. Yeah. So. Man, do we have stories with that? Oh. <laughs> but it's a lot of stories. But in any case, you know, it's very strange. If if you see her, you know, being clean, there are certain there's certain things that she tends to do. One is hoard. One is not letting go of things because somehow everything is you know uh, representative of some meaning yeah. or something like that. And it's like, oh, I can't let this go. What if I need it? Mm. What if you know? What if? It's very important to me, or just like assigning importance to things that aren't important, mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. being able to let those things go. 
just yeah throw it out and get rid of it yeah and i don't know i don't know if that's just a function of people with a personality that has an affinity towards addiction or yeah i can i can definitely see myself aligning with that um as i like i my drug of choice is pot and i've been to like a, a rehab place outpatient one group meeting a week and one like one-on-one with a therapist a week mm-hmm. kind of like a regular therapy session if any of you've ever been mm-hmm. um which i've been to tons you know divorced parents and all that you know bad teenage years as i just mentioned mm-hmm. but um eventually i stopped going to group meetings because everyone there their goal is to stay abstinent and to not use at all mm-hmm. whatever their drug of choice is or any drug in m- many of their cases mm-hmm. yeah um my goal was to do what's called a harm reduction approach which is to approach which is to just stop using as much mm-hmm. and i fully believe that i can be a responsible marijuana user keep in mind i'm an addict i've been to rehab so mm-hmm. i understand that my judgment is clouded in some capacity i'm not you know play-doh i'm not like the perfect guy mm-hmm. um i just don't think that it's really you know it's not something that i can do right now just as someone who's in so much pain and it's not something i'm willing to do going forward at this point mm-hmm. and i you know i make this clear to everyone that i meet and whether or not they care or you know their opinion on that decision is really really important to how i go forward with them so did it get to the point where using it so much because it's not you know a very harmful drug i mean it's not like heroin or cocaine it's not one where you're gonna like sure. die however you don't however physical addiction. it it can um and it probably is a case that maybe it affected your functionality it's like okay certainly now you're you're using it you're not gonna maybe die but is the life going the way you want it? Because mm-hmm. now you just need kind of this thing all the time. It's not gonna, it's not gonna kill you. No. But now your functionality is going down. Your productivity is going down. Right. You're not doing the things you wish that you could do. And then in which case now it's a problem. Right. Right. I definitely agree that I have a problem in the definition you just laid out. Mm-hmm. My parents think I have a crisis going on. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So my parents are. My dad, his drug of choice before alcohol was weed back when it wasn't nearly as strong. And I don't know what his use was like. I don't know. I probably consume more. You know, I probably get more high. Consume more THC pure than he ever did in a day. But that's just a sign of the times. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, it's so much different now. And it's just so obvious that there's a generational gap. My mother was this daughter of a narcotics police officer. She's never smoked weed once in her life. Mm-hmm. All she's ever done was drink drink coffee you know alcohol and caffeine is the only other drug she's ever done both legal mm-hmm. so she has a very high moral position on breaking the law yeah there's a, there's a bit of a, a definitional thing that has to go down because i don't know addiction has always been such a weird word to me mm-hmm. because so many people are addicted to so many things yeah so is addicting is addiction the problem or is it Addiction, um, crippling your functionality, the problem. Because I'm, like, coffee. I'm addicted to coffee, I would say. 
You know, there's a lot of things I really like doing, and if someone told me to stop, I would get mad and I wouldn't like it. Well, mm-hmm. are you drinking, like, ten cups of coffee a day just no. to, like, function? No, I but like if someone said, coffee. if someone said, like, you know, I oh, can't have coffee anymore, it's like, fuck you, I'm gonna have my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's like saying, oh, you can't have, like, a dessert from now on. Like, no, I want well, sugar. the reason why I say it is because, like, some of the people at NA, they're, I mean, when they're, they're so proud that they, you know, go to NA... And it's just narcotics. Oh, okay. And it's just so like in your face. It's like I don't know. They're constantly talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I guess you know part of it is is that it is a big accomplishment for them to go there Mm -hmm. and you know stay off this thing. But then they also try to bring it on to like everybody else of like, oh, you're doing a little bit too much of that. It's like you're doing a little bit too much of that. Being a little bit judgmental of other people's addictions. Well, that's true. But it doesn't affect their functionality. Who does anything? Like if someone just becomes a vegan, they're like, oh, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) right. Killing the the entire earth here. Yeah. Is it alright if we like like backing up a couple minutes to what For you said sure. about like only being... to provide me with a beer? Oh sure, sure. sure. Matt's Thank in charge. You so much. So what you said about like being where you are versus like what the expectation Thanks. is? I've never heard someone say that. Like especially with a drug addiction, like that's very impressive to say that you're what jumping. Is... Like everyone wants you to jump to this step, and that's almost impossible right now. You're at this step right below it. Right halfway and that's what you're working on and that's just like very impressive and like almost enlightened in what's a way. impressive uh, about it that i'm saying it that i feel like that i recognize stuck? it or that i'm doing it at all because a lot of people do it without wanting to i think because, when you make a that goal doesn't make something impressive in my mind when you make a goal that's huge you're almost setting yourself up for failure you're silent setting yourself up for baby steps to get to that huge goal right and I've never heard someone say, like, I hear a lot of people say that with weight loss, mm. but, and that's, that's a much smaller thing. Right. And I haven't really heard people say that with an addiction. And that's very yeah. impressive well, and enlightening. What I, what I would think is, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think, you know, you don't want to stop using it. No. Like, you, it's not, it's not going it's, it's to get to the point where it's none. Yeah. However, it is, I think, just like coffee in the sense of like, I could take a little less in the day. Yeah. Yeah. To to help this problem, it's like, oh, I'm drinking too much. Maybe how how about I just have one cup in the morning? Mm. How about that? Maybe I can swing that. And it's kind of just you know maintaining that, and that's fine. It's like when you have your cheat day for eating. It's like, oh, I'll only have one of this a week. You know, it's that kind of. It's more like you know discipline to say, all right, just not as much. Yeah. Well, I also think it takes an incredible amount of strength to allow yourself a little bit rather than completely forego it at all right because you're inviting it you're like (sighs) providing the source of the temptation but you're stopping yourself rather than getting it completely out of your sight and not have it even like be there as an option right so what a clinician might say to that Mm -hmm. is why give them the chance they're an addict Mm -hmm. and that's why they believe that abstinence is the is the best way to go about Uh getting over a drug dependency Mm -hmm. Do, you, you know. don't agree with that. Uh, I, I I don't know whether or not I agree with it. I don't I, think it's I'm for just, people. I'm just yeah. Well, of course that that you that know. statement I align with 100. percent I just don't think it's right for my situation right now. I don't mm-hmm. think I really have my problems are not coming just because I smoked pot. Mm-hmm. I was depressed a long time before I ever smoked pot. Mm-hmm. I smoked pot the first time I was in ninth grade, summer after ninth oh, grade, wow. and I smoked. Then my mom threatened to drug test me. And I didn't smoke until my senior year. Mm-hmm. I had known my dad was an alcoholic. I drank for the first time on April 6th, 2013. Um, sorry. And uh, I drank once. 
until I got to college before I got drunk again. Mm-hmm. Because I that night was really bad. I was a dumbass. And my friend's little brother, who was in sixth grade at the time, and we were sophomores in high school, um, stole this bottle of Johnny Walker Blue Label, which is a $200 bottle, $200 bottle of whiskey. Yeah, from his friend's father's now? liquor cabinet. <laughs> what do I look like? <laughs> Come on. So, of I'm course, you know, 16, 16-year-old Mike has 13 shots, whatever it is, and gets very sick. So, so I I have a question. Please. So, since, since it seems like, you know, uh, you have weed to mitigate some other problem, which is depression. Yeah. I guess my question is, what is the... Gap, how long, what's the longest gap you've had since you started dating people? Oh, a little over a year. Uh, sorry, I can get this better for you. It was, um, 2015 of August until December 29th of the next year. So a little over a year. A little over a year. You remember the dates. Yeah. (laughs) I, I forget anniversaries because it's only been one person. <laughs> yeah. Did I, I give you a date for the the end time of my last one? I don't remember it. I don't know. Just the fact that you like remember, like yeah. I. I, I just want to know the gaps because I know a lot of people that jump from relationship mm-hmm. to relationship. Yeah, somehow it's some it's somehow you're in a relationship for like you know a long time, and then it's like yeah. just on to the next one, on to the next one, on to the next one. Like just can't, literally can't stand be by themselves what do they call those like chronically monogamous or something it's it's like well because you have to sit there and yeah. actually face yourself face your flaws try and fix them mm-hmm. try and pick yourself up and not actually be dependent on someone else but that's hard it's not easy to do that especially when you're a teenager yeah so, so the easier think... solution is to just jump into another relationship mm-hmm. and fill that void because that's all you know and so at that point you're not really doing it because you care about like the other person per se but just because you don't want that like uh, on your conscious or something so you um, think those relationships aren't real in a way like you ooh, need to no they're, they're no they're this real great. I, I think a lot on this actually. listen i think yeah. i think they're real mm-hmm. i just don't think like it's kind of like i don't know the per- the person going into it you know they they do act as if it's real but mm-hmm. the thing is it still will find anybody. Well, yeah. So to to, to not be alone, mm-hmm. being alone is the problem. Right. You know. So basically, yeah. the person is interchangeable. Yeah. At that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like they can just move on to the next person as long as someone is there mm-hmm. to some, you know, be this thing to lean on. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you want someone there to lean on, but you you don't want it to be this dependency. Yeah. You want it to be like, you know, it's really nice that you're here because if I wanted to lean on you, I could. Yeah. Not, I always need someone here because I'm always going to be leaning. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's also a flaw with people who, like, stay with the same person for, like, years, even if it's a to- toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. at least for, like, one of my friends who was, or, or rather still is, like that, it's like, there have been times where she's wanted to break up and she says, I don't know, I don't want to be alone, like... I don't know who else I would talk to, like, because it's it's fucking hard to be. By it's fucking hard to face yourself <laughs> and be like, "Wow, I got a lot of problems," <laughs> and I'm gonna have to try to actually. Fix them. <laughs> yeah, that's Fifty bad. shades of fucked up. <laughs> <laughs>
Yep. No, wait, you were going to comment on that. You were like, I have a lot to say about this. Yeah, just about being like a relationship guy. Using different words than whatever mm-hmm. was that really cool one you said. What was it? What did I say? Monogamous. Oh, chronically monogamous. Yeah. <laughs> chronically monogamous. You see, that's that's a good comedy special. Title. <laughs> <laughs> it even sounds like an illness. <laughs> chronically monogamous. It is an illness. I'm doing my best with it, actually. <laughs> I think I've been doing... <laughs> oh, no. Like John and I just spilled the sauce No, I spilled stuff. nothing. It's just on my uh, hands. <laughs> Do you have a goal set for yourself? Like, I'm like, I'm not going to be in a committed relationship for, like, X months. I'm going to, like, try to do that for myself. Do you mean specifically a relationship goal for myself? Yeah, like, do no. you... No. I, I'm, I'm not like going to be trying. in a relationship anytime soon. Okay, so yours is anytime soon. I'm like, do not get in a relationship for X months or else, like, it's not real and you're not healing your own feelings. I would say, don't put a time limit on it. Me too. I would say, no. like, listen, if you feel comfortable, you know, if you feel like you're in an okay place with yourself, mm-hmm. now you can bring someone else into the picture. <laughs> what yeah. if I told you tomorrow I'm in a relationship? What would you say after two and a half weeks of things? Well, it depended on the reason. <clears throat> it would be dependent. It's like, is this guy just like. Oh my god, it's like kind of like you just, sometimes you have the moments where you just know, and you're like, yeah, this person, uh, they'll be be good, you know, I I can really see myself just, you know, being around them, and it's not, Mm. it's not this burden, and you're not doing it because you're lonely, you know, like, that's the thing, you do it because you're okay with yourself, and you're like, okay, I'm okay with myself, this person is great, and they just make it better. So now I'm gonna go out and be with this person. You know, be the bad reason that I'm lonely and I need a warm body. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like that's it's that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine, and you can be single and do that, but you know, using a crutch for like the relationship. There's that sentiment where it's like the other person completes you, but it's like you should be whole on your own. Like, you shouldn't have to have, like, missing pieces where there's, like, you know, another puzzle that's ready. I think something that I never really realized uh, through my relationships was that nobody's whole. Mm. Everybody's still growing. Mm -hmm. You still learn, right? I mean, if you guys have any contradicting thoughts, please let me know. Well, I think what it is, no, what I think it is, is that it's, yeah, I don't know what the sense whole means. I think what it means is just you're content. Like, life is good right now. Mm. Now, having this person there just makes it better. Sure. But the thing is, it's it's good. You can you can be by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm okay with that. It's like I can I can do it. Like I can do it. I'm not gonna you know you know fucking keel over and not be able to do anything anymore. Like not go to work, not do this, blah blah blah. blah. Right. It's like you know, life is good, but being with the other person there, it would just make it better. Right. I think that I feel that way right now. You know, and for my whole life, just because. As I've said already, I was first born, coddled, everything like that. I'm a very affectionate person. Mm-hmm. I hugged you two when I first met you. You yeah. know, I, I'm a... Fantastic. Yeah, I'm a big hugger, you know. I'm just that kind of cuddly, affectionate. Mm-hmm. I guess some people would call it helpless romantic or hopeless mm-hmm. romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that my last relationship was something like you described at the very beginning of this topic. Mm-hmm. Where I... It was really like a rebound. And I was with her at first, and I really, I honestly had a freak out at first, because I knew as we started, you know, dating, and we were committed to each other, that, oh, maybe the best part about you for me right now is how much you love me, Mm. not who you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that 
was okay for me for two and a half years. Um, let me correct myself. That was uh, tolerable for me for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now this girl that I was dating, her name is Allie Ryback. And I'm going to plug her because she's an incredible, incredibly talented artist. Mm-hmm. And I care very much for her. I still love her. But, you know, and I've already gotten it out. She's not going to see anything that she doesn't truly, truly know or hasn't suspected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just need to give her a plug. She's doing commission. She's working. She just graduated with a fine arts degree from Sacred Heart University. And uh, she's going to the New York Academy of Art in Tribeca. Wow. Living in Brooklyn next year. Um, and, you know, we're looking, or she was looking for an apartment and everything like that. And we were still together and whatever. And, of course, I'll still help her tomorrow if she needed it. Finding an apartment and all of that. I know the city pretty well. Mm-hmm. Much better than she does. And uh, I was just really honest with her. Uh, ultimately, I cheated on her last Friday. And mm. it was, you know, I knew that we were going to break up for good. a long time. No, I can agree with you on that. I'm, I'm the kind of guy who beats myself up about a lot, high expectations and all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really hard. And, you know, it was very concerning to my loved ones. Mm-hmm. And of course, to see any loved one in, you know, distress and to yeah. see them crying like that, mm-hmm. like they would be after losing the girlfriend of two years, no matter what the circumstances. Mm-hmm. But, you know, ultimately that just causes more stress on me when I see my loved ones reacting. Mm-hmm. to my reactions because yeah. they I, I expect them to understand I'm not okay right now I'm not Mike huh? are you really drunk it's easy <laughs> how much did you have I feel like drinking earlier <laughs> not yet we'll chill you want to trade how about that that's fine <clears throat> anyways so if you don't mind talking a little bit more about sure that, sure um I've heard a lot of stories where you know, cheating happens. What compelled it, you know, in your situation? Um, I was in a relationship, like, my first relationship was very, very different, almost exactly the opposite of my most recent relationship. There's only two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was really, really head over heels for this girl in high school, and I thought I was going to marry her. We were together for three years. Um, we went off to college, and she broke up with me. Don't you? It's a nicot- oh, yeah, it's nicotine. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I wouldn't smoke in your basement. Really, I'm sorry. Please don't give me no, pain in my job. <laughs> no, no, I won't. I won't. I don't have the scratch for those cool little pods that they get nowadays. Sorry, continue. Uh, you're going to have to remind me. Uh, you were head over heels. Uh, oh, for this girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for this girl. And, uh, you know, she broke my heart, and rightfully so, you know, we would have been <coughs> awful in college together. She went to Plattsburgh, which is near Canada, yeah, in long, New York. Long distance. And I went to Sacred Heart <laughs> in Fairfield. So I was very, very jealous at the time. Um, I'd like to think I'm not now, but then again, uh, if I meet the right person, of Wait, course. Can we shit on New York for a second? On New York. Shit on so me? Co- no, New York. Oh. It's so cold. I hated it in Albany. Sabrina, no, I loved, <laughs> I loved college, but it's so cold. Okay, go back to what you're saying. That's okay. Plattsburgh like, is even more north. north. Stony Brook is pretty cold. And it's pretty sad. It's long at, oh, it's I love Long Island. So fuck you guys. <laughs> fuck you, Matt. Hey, don't worry, you're going to go down to Virginia. Hey, they do a lot of pills down there. <laughs> a lot of what? A lot of pills in the coal yeah. mines. <laughs> a lot of uh, incest, too. So. <laughs> Sister Sally Mac. Keep, keep it in the family. <laughs> 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 
Anyway. <laughs> Easy, you guys. Anyway. Holy shit. I thought this was a podcast done by people younger than I am slightly. But come on. I thought I was traditional. Um, yeah. I would say I'm, I, I'm, I'm so careful, like, mm-hmm. getting into, you know, relationships. Yeah. Because I did not like breaking up people. <laughs> that wasn't cool. That wasn't fun. <laughs> yeah. I didn't enjoy that. And it, like, took a while to, like, kind of put yourself back together and be good with yourself again. Yeah. So it's like, now I'm very careful, with, like, you know, when I go into relationships. Right. And also, I don't try to think long term right. either. Mm-hmm. So like, I take it, like, day by day, and it's like, why think so far ahead when you yeah. have no fucking clue what's going to happen? Like, literally, no. the future doesn't exist, so you can plan for it, like, in your in your own, like, for yeah. yourself, like, you know, your career-wise. But... Did you read that somewhere? No. Why? I did. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That drove me nuts, because my ex was very, like, I need to know what's going to happen in 10 years. Like, winter break. Yeah. That's... He was like, are we breaking up? Or are we getting married? And I was like, I can't answer <laughs> Not, not right only now. that. Well, it is that dichotomy, right? Not only that, but it puts... I, I just couldn't. Those are the only two options. I c- and, it's but it's not. not you can't talk about marriage. I, I don't know if it's an ultimatum either, but it's an absolute, you know. No, but it's what it is is it puts pressure on things. It's like you you actually don't have to think about that. Right. You can sit there and keep it as going and like really enjoy the moment. Like don't fucking ruin the moment. Right. Because that moment can last for years and years and years and Long years time. and years. Yeah, that moment, that spark of puppy love, you don't know when it goes away. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I feel like in my last relationship there was so much pressure yeah it was like wow. oh you have to swear that you will never leave me yeah. i'm like all that stuff and so in the moment you of those swears are always burning <laughs> <laughs> like who are you doing? like hmm? what are the percentage of those yeah. swears kept <laughs> I know. yeah I don't, I don't know i feel like if someone's asking you that mm-hmm. just from what i get from you people who i've just met today Really, honestly, I want to tell you that you should never put up with someone who asks you a fucking question like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Are you I fucking know. kidding me? Yeah. I'm a random ass guy that she met on t- on Tinder. <laughs> That's me. And I would never ask you that question. This is my and Tinder I Tinder certainly Tinder. would never ask you that question. <laughs> Wait, what was the question? Will you never leave me? <laughs> I you gonna leave me? Took out of a chair. Um, yeah, no, because, all right, so there's one problem with that. As soon, as soon as you ask or make that statement, Mm -hmm. now there's imbalance. Of course. There's there's imbalance in the relationship in terms of, you know, you know whether or not you're lying to yourself when you say yes or no. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the problem. The problem is like, oh. This person is more into me than I am into them. Yeah. And you don't want to know that because then that fucking ruins it. Because then you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Am I just, am I just, am I just like keeping this along? And it's like, then you start to like, you know, lose, you know, feelings for this person because it's like, yeah, yeah. you know. Definitely. Some of the. It's a bad thing to ask. Yeah, it's a terrible thing to ask. <laughs> and one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever gotten was that. You don't have to make a decision right now. Yeah. No matter what decision it is, mm-hmm. no matter what deadline they say that you have to make it by, you don't have to make it then. Yeah. You know, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. Right? Even if, a gu- if I got a gun pointed at you, you know, you don't have <laughs> no, to do no, it. You, you can... really do. You really do. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> no, no, you have a gun. Sabrina's got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> <I> have <laughs> a gun. <laughs> Wait, what, what am I doing? 
Leave. No, I'm not fucking kidding. Up the stairs. Up the stairs. Yeah, shoot her anyway. While she's running. Right? And then you have to trust me that I'm going to pull the trigger when I say I will. Yeah. I bet a lot of the times... God, they're not gonna yeah get on the ground bitch <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, no, I'm, I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I'll finish the fight <laughs> wanna take a shot it's it's yeah I lost myself that, that was funny though <laughs> that reminds me of the Black Mirror episode that we saw with the that episode that we saw with the dating app because there was this option to see. You know, I honestly don't know one person who would ask someone else that they don't know mm-hmm. on their friend's podcast and keep their phone on them. <laughs> it's pretty disrespectful if you ask me. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, put that aside. My sister's calling. Hi. Ooh, she need, um, she it's okay. She doesn't need help. Help. I need sorry, some butter. I know you were. I saw it. I'm sorry. That's all right. I'm she, sorry. She's calling you uninteresting. Wow. No, that's not what I'm saying. No, she's, <laughs> she's so implying much. that I'm uninteresting. Right. Please, no. let's be clear. I, of course, I don't want to make No, since yeah. you've been on this podcast, like, I don't know, I've just gotten so much respect for you. Like, your story, amazing. Mm. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. I think yeah. so, too. Quite oh. frankly. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here. Wow. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Like, honestly, though, I'm, I feel like I do have things to talk about and that some people might find them interesting. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. that I've, I've helped. That's the whole reason we want this. I think, yeah, I think it's, it's like, I don't know, it's so interesting. Just how, just how, like, you know, dynamic things could be. It's like, who knows, you could have some random Tinder person in your podcast. You know. It's my birthday. You can't be mad at me. No, man, you. <laughs> I was saying I'm She's disappointed. I can't believe yeah, that no, you would have invited me to Savannah, don't podcast. throw up on the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> no, have your phone out. I don't have my phone out. I'm, yeah. I'm the guest. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know where my phone is. I bought all the pills. It's right there oh. next to the bike. The exercise bike. Um, um, the lime chips are good, by the way. Oh, you, yeah. May I ask you a question? Yeah. Are you guys dating? Yeah, we are. How long? I don't know how long. February. February 16th. Yeah, March to April, April to May, May to June. Four months? Three and a half. Yeah. February what? Yeah, don't overestimate. <laughs> <laughs> Put a lot of pressure on me. Sorry, it's the alert. Do you remember it? You know, like, I like never remember My ex like would tell me like to the day how yeah. long we were dating. And I was I, like, do you want it to be over? It's not like a time class. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Before, did you ever do like the 1.5 year anniversaries? No, no we did That's a one ridiculous, year. right? Yeah. No, I thought that was dumb. To be honest, yeah. I don't dumb. think. I don't even know. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> That's cool that you're in that kind of relationship. I'm I'm very much like that where I don't like remembering dates, but I'm a math guy, and I'm sure it's the same with you that numbers just stick a little bit easier in my head. Yeah. So I will remember dates, mm-hmm. and I just will. But and you I, don't really assign the significance to it. No, I do. Of course. Okay. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> I just uh, this dates in my head. I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I have the birthday. It means something to me, you know. Like if I remember something, yeah, and it has a particular meaning. It's not that I choose it; mm-hmm. it's just that it's the way it makes me feel, and yeah. that's how I remember it. 
so I remember those dates so fondly. August of 2015 sucked, man. Like, I, I lost a lot of weight, man. I was 170 pounds when I went and weighed in for, like, college volleyball. Damn. I was 6'5", 170 pounds. Holy shit. And I'm here today. I couldn't tell you what, but give or take 10 pounds off 200. You Dude, know? I want to learn happily volleyball. Volleyball? I'll teach yeah. you any time, my friend. Because I want to... Where do you want to play? On the, on the grass? On the beach? Indoors? On the beach. On the beach? Yeah, I want to kick some people's asses. <laughs> it's fun, But man. I want to get good in secret. Anybody can be good. And then you pull it out of your back pocket. Do you have a ball? I could teach you something before we go, after this is over. I don't have a ball. I can get I it. I actually have I a ball tried, in my trunk. I'm really? Sorry. I tried out for my seventh grade volleyball team. Yeah. And I didn't make it. Oh, I'm sorry. For sure. My friends made it. Uh, <laughs> Do I? Um, actually, my uncles in India are like world world class champions. My my mom's brother is coaching the national team of India, and they just won at the wow. coming to like the US. I'd love to hear his name. Suman. No. Well, I'd love to hear it. Say it again. I love that it. name written down. After that sentence, you know, say it again. Repeat yourself, please. But when I'm done, I need you, or when we're done here, mm -hmm. just like send me that. I'm very big into volume. Okay. Yeah, sure. yeah. Does he do oh, only I indoor? I, I, I honestly, I don't know if it's indoor or outdoor. I know indoors is very, very popular in mm -hmm. India. Oh, is it? Would you rather okay. start a fresh one or do you mind if I finish it? You can finish that. Okay. I, I'd probably. I mean, if it's welcome, start a fresh one. Yeah, So, when did you start playing? How did you get into it? When I was in eighth grade. Okay. I was a three-sport athlete in middle school out of four. Mm -hmm. I played football, basketball. Eventually, I played volleyball, but I was that was my off-season in seventh grade because mm -hmm. you couldn't play in sixth. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's island-wide. Yeah, that was, a, that was the same thing with my school. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you couldn't play in sixth. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I did track or lacrosse, mm -hmm. one of the two. Either year, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it changed. And then uh, I just switched over to volleyball after 10th grade. I grew up, my mom's a basketball coach, and she played basketball. She got recruited to uh, University of Indiana. Mm -hmm. So she was pretty good. Like, she was a D1 kid, like, same kind of, same caliber athlete as I am, I would say. Probably a little better, because she played, it was a different time, but she played at a big D1 school, or she was signed to a big D1 school. She transferred to Cortland, SUNY Cortland. SUNY Cortland Country Club, they call it, actually, my, my family. <laughs> and she played basketball and softball there. Mm -hmm. So basketball was my first love. Had to make a really tough decision in 10th grade. Started doing volleyball year-round mm -hmm. and got better, better, and, uh, you know. So yeah. when you went to college, what do you think was... Um, oh, yeah, because you don't know. You dropped out. <laughs> but, oh, do you want to talk about but, your yeah, oh, so, yeah, so what I want to know is, like, you know, going to school, I know... Uh, for some of the people that I know at Stony Brook, you know, they were doing sports, but they quit because mm -hmm. it was like, so demanding. It's just, it's, it was so demanding on them Yeah, and they just couldn't do it. So how much do you think that played like a role in it? Just like, I don't know, you got school, you know, this uh, family, a family life and then right. this demanding volleyball and it's just like, yeah, fuck yeah. this. <laughs> as far as ability goes, I think I could have stayed and played. Mm -hmm. I played three and a half years. Uh, at Sacred Heart, and I was eligible. You know, I was using years of eligibility all all the time. I didn't redshirt or anything, and I was, you know, chronically injured, but not off the court, right? Mm -hmm. Just back stuff, knee stuff, common volleyball player, skinny boy, whatever problems you have. And uh, the coach I was I signed with left in August before I got to school, so immediately I was the last smallest puzzle piece 
of the old puzzle for my new coach. And, you know, he had to make a decision. And I would imagine if I was a new coach taking over at a D1 school, my first D1 job, I'm going to be like, all right, starting over, making fresh. You know, I'm going to get all my guys that I know from around the country. I recruited these kids in college. Maybe they're not happy where they're going. So hopefully they can come out to Connecticut, right? I get recruited over by this kid who actually, men's volleyball is a very small world. There's only 30, under 40, under 35, I would bet, uh, Division One schools in the country. And, uh, like, no pro league or anything for indoor men's volleyball in, in the United States. You have to go overseas for that. And um, he, you know, brought in a new middle, and then, you know, which is the position that I play. And this kid, I saw, I met, I knew him. He's from Chicago. And he, I brought my girlfriend from high school to a tournament with me in St. Louis. And we were playing in the Rams, you know, football stadium right mm -hmm. it's connected to a convention center is where usually all of these tournaments take place and they had you know the big you know all the all the garb whatever it's 150 200 300 foot dome right we're playing in and you're getting like motion sickness kids are taking dramamine whatever and uh so this guy we're playing in whatever one of the days and my girlfriend's off i'm out stretching whatever and my mom comes up after and my sister they're like oh Mike, you have to look at this kid. You know that guy on that team you just played? Yeah, that one right there? Yeah, he looks like Foghorn Leghorn. You know, the Disney cartoon? Like, I said uh, this or that. You know, big chicken. He bobs his head. He's got, like, this curly pompadour thing. Yeah. And uh, he's making googly eyes at Emily. Yeah, you, my ex, my ex, my girlfriend at the time. Oh, my, my, my yeah. <laughs> you do. Oh, you thought you were going to marry her. Yeah, right. You're still in this head. Yeah, at that, at that point, yeah. Yeah, nobody's going to look my eyes at my bitch. Fucking <laughs> that guy over there? Are you kidding me? Like, he's thinner than I am. Like, what? <laughs> Somewhere, you know, at volleyball, as you could imagine. Lanky, skinny people playing sports. But, uh, so this guy is my teammate now. You know, this is Rob Chatterton, who is from... Illinois, you know, Northbrook, Illinois, or whatever is uh, outside of Chicago. Hicks. It's so funny, right? Because <laughs> the, the men's volleyball world is that small that this is the douchebag who, in his senior year of high school, was making googly eyes at my. Did she make googly eyes back? No. Okay. No, like they. She knew, and she was like, "Yeah, that fucking kid." Like, uh huh. And then when I first met him, he's you know, he seems like a typical guy that might go to Sacred Heart, like very into like top 40 music and like hip-hop and stuff and i'm not very into like current hip-hop but i just kind of judge him as like oh you're a douchebag okay you're like a common jock douchebag just i know like the matt. type <laughs> just like matt and that just that's not even a no. no 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 that's just a giant asshole my what the fuck boy <laughs> what oh you have no idea my friend bert Way, 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 way worse than you, man. I knew pretty bad. <laughs> not even that. <laughs> no. I really like that in like 40 minutes, I got my Tinder date to just shit on Matt. <laughs> Matt, I want you to know you, you seem like a very intelligent guy just from oh, what yeah. I know so far, and you are you could not be more different than Rob Chatterton. I'm not inflating it. I think uh, I'm smarter than I love him. my ego. Anyways, and I challenge you to prove me wrong. But. Yeah, this is well, what this guy is. Watch so ultimately, I had a very bad experience with volleyball. Um, it was something that I kind of identified myself with as I was growing into my body, as you see it. Um, and then it didn't end well. I get my text messages. Great, and then it didn't end well. So 
you know, I had been having a lot of trouble with my coach, and then my senior year, I got a new coach, who was even worse than the old one. This was in high school? College. Or college. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where it mattered to me. Mm -hmm. My dream had always been to be a D1 athlete, mm -hmm. and now that I'm here, and I know I can play with these guys, it's just that there's a, maybe a little bit of favoritism. Maybe not. Some weeks I didn't deserve to start, but I know from talking to all my teammates, who I know very well, mm -hmm. that they think, volleyball-wise, nothing to do with me or Bert, this kid, that I should have been on the court over him. Mm. But, you know, that's not how it works all the time. That's okay. I just, you know, realized that I was going to, like, Sacred Heart for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, volleyball instead of going to college. Mm -hmm. Right? So, you said, like, growing up it was most, it defined your identity. And you see that a lot with, like, people who are really good at such a young age that... You know, and then something like debilitating happens to them. They lose like their sense of self. Yeah, or they get injured or yeah. something. Anything yeah, and then that takes away their whole from... life is like yeah. it's ruined. Yeah, that kind of feels how. Well, I I don't necessarily agree with you that their whole life gets ruined. Well, yeah, I mean, but it their might whole life might get up ruined, a, yeah. up, uprooted mm -hmm. rather. Mm -hmm. You know, that's mm -hmm. something that you know. As I said, I think I hit rock bottom when I cheated on Allie uh, mm -hmm. last Friday. You know. When he pointed, I'm not Allie. No, no, <laughs> you're not Allie. Though. I was pointing this way, sorry. The only good thing about rock bottom is it's only up. Yeah. yeah. Until, well, that's maybe there's a lower bottom. Yeah, yeah. You, you never know when you're at the bottom. Until it gets worse. Huh? The center of the earth. So far down, you're on the opposite side of the screen. No, it's like you think you're at the bottom, so and it's like, oh no, it can go lower than you this. Cheated, but you also mentioned earlier you were a jealous boyfriend, so I've dealt with a jealous boyfriend. How yes. does, like, can you talk about that? I cheating think versus that jealousy. Yes. Cheating versus jealousy. I think that I. Stop me if I mentioned this before, because I don't know. I've been telling my story to a lot of people. Like, I've been transparent to everybody, not just you people. Mm -hmm. You're not lucky. But Damn it. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> is that <laughs> that <laughs> question in itself is racist? <laughs> I meant the people that are sitting listen, around. Listen, I, I don't know what you meant, but hey, listen. You know me up until this point. If that came in your head, you know it's from you, not me. Okay? Oh, I know he's a racist. <laughs> You're gonna cut that out if it makes you look bad, Matt. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Do me a favor. He's not a racist. Can we just? He's not a racist. You can chop it whenever, but I have to use the restroom right now. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, where do is it? Do you know where to? Do you want me to? Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but uh, where we left off is cheating versus jealousy. Cheating versus yeah. jealousy. Gotcha. <laughs> I'll do some thinking. Wish well, I feel like cheating could come due to jealousy sometimes. Really? If, yeah. <laughs> How does that make any sense? It makes sense because if you say you're doing long distance and you see that your girlfriend is always out hanging out with guys or girls. Was she fucking him? No, no, no. There, that, that never comes about. But you feel like you're being left out. You, you feel jealous. And so then you try to, you know, assuage that jealousy by finding solace in the body of another person. I felt that way, but I never did that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, I'm very careful with jealousy. <laughs> you keep it in check? Yeah, that's a hard emotion to control. Jealousy, I feel like 90% of it is all self, self-imagined. Yes, it is imagining the worst case scenario that could possibly be. Yeah. And it's not a good thing. Because you can come up with some pretty outrageous stories. Yeah. Like, oh, she hasn't texted me. 
I bet she's fucking riding ten guys' things. She just keeps hopping <laughs> over to each one. Like fucking Link Fry. She just keeps. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> oh, dear God. Right. How's the podcast going? <laughs> How's the Tinder cast going? It's going great. He's a great person. Isn't he so fucking nice? Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's he has a lot going. of depth that I wouldn't have suspected from a, uh, a Tinder person. A ginger. No, <laughs> I, I did not expect all of that. Wow. Yeah. It's so interesting how you can just wow. unpack a person. He's such a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, fucking. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> We're still alive. <laughs> oh no. I hope you get lucky tonight. No. Wink. Wink. Double wink. Nice Actually, that's just a blink. <laughs> oh, a double wink. It's just a freaking blink. <laughs> it means the same thing. It's just twice the amount of winks. Yeah. So it's even more effective. <laughs> you staggered. <laughs> Stagger drinking. It, it takes a lot of energy to stagger blink. Imagine. Nobody can see this right now. They're blinking on blinking contest on a podcast. It's an instant crowd pleaser. The jokes write themselves. Imagine if you could choreograph some sort of routine for staggered blinking. Yeah. So what? I mean, what's like the process? I mean, that you go through for, you know, jealousy. For me, I have a very specific process. Mm -hmm. Jealousy? Yeah. If I'm feeling jealous feelings, I have a process to get rid of them. To get over it? Like, all right, so there's... there's, guys that feel jealous. Is my father over there? Yeah. There's moments... Do you feel jealous when you're a girl? Like, it depends, but no. Oh, yeah. Sabrina, get out. You know you feel jealous. I I know. I feel like it's a universal human emotion. Listen, if Dario is hanging out with more girls... Oh, bitch, please, you would be jealous. But he doesn't. Exactly. So you, you, you can't say that it's just, you know, well, that girls don't feel jealousy. It's always been like, I have a bunch of guy friends. Mm-hmm. I know, but I'm saying and that the girls, girls have jealousy. Yeah. Girls have jealousy. Oh, should I? Oh, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, but what's your process? My process for dealing with, like, jealous feelings is to, first of all, throw my phone fucking far away. <laughs> Second process... Is to either go, either go, you know, work out, go for a bike ride, go for a run, Mm -hmm. do something. You don't run. (laughs) No, I do run. I go on the treadmill. Oh, oh. okay. That's how you choose to run? Yeah. I'm not a runner, but whenever I do, I love it running outside instead of on the treadmill. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do, I do things to keep my mind busy mm-hmm. but not just busy in the sense where it's like oh i'm just trying to avoid you know feeling these feelings it's more of like trying to be actively actually engaged in something else mm-hmm. and then what happens is, is that those feelings dissipate yeah and you see how ridiculous yeah are. and then um and then you know you start to see it's like oh it's not that bad yeah. mm. i was making it worse than it seemed mm-hmm. you know what but made- it is a process to get over those feelings of jealousy and you got to crush them as soon as they come yeah. up because they're not good yeah mm-hmm. because if you do engage with it it becomes persistent and it drives you insane because the entire not only that but it ruins your relationship oh. a little bit because now also you're asking someone to do something mm-hmm. that they might not want to do like yeah. as in saying listen you can't have guy friends anymore yeah, yeah. Listen, I know they're I know they're just friends and you had them before but fuck them you're with me now oh. <laughs> whoa <laughs> That was basically the situation with my ex. Wait, it was like, because 
That was basically when I was like, cool, I'm going to have my friends. See ya. Mm -hmm. And, like, you can deal with it or you cannot. And he dealt with it and moved on. But, like, I definitely had that that conversation happen where he didn't like the fact that I had, like, six guy friends as my main friend group. And I understand that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, like, these guys are probably going to be my bridesmaids or brides... I'm not gonna I don't know. Fuck my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not gonna put you in a dress. Listen, I've been in but... a dress before. On stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's not a we'll lie. We'll get to I'm that later. We'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, I actually have a photo of it. But my phone's oh my over God. there, like a polite guess. Um, yeah, I mean, in those situations, you know, when you do have people that have a lot of guy friends, I mean, if you're in the guy's place and you know your girlfriend has so many guys friends, the real option to do is to meet them and be like oh it's not that bad (laughs) they're they're just friends you know and then they also become you know your friends and Mm. and then it's kind of you you always want that you never want this dichotomy of friendships going Mm. on because then it's like oh you're choosing to hang out with your friends and not me and it's like hold on if we're just all friends Mm -hmm. then there isn't this feeling of you're leaving me for them Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we're hanging out with friends. That's the feeling. Yeah. Can you clarify to me what you mean by dichotomy? So there's... All right. So when you have two people, there's the friend groups, right? You have... Here's the friend group over here. Right. Here's the friend group over here. Yeah. And somehow... I know what you mean. They like, can't touch. Sure, sure. You have to keep it separate. Yeah, right. keep you it separate. have to keep it separate. Like, I have my friends. You have your friends. friends. Yeah. 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 Together. It's like, I, I don't feel that way. I'm like, let's just push it together. Why not? Sure, sure. <laughs> I agree, I agree. Do you have a more uh, general definition of dichotomy? Oh, like the word or like... Oh, it means when Split you have a separation two. between two things, like true or false, black and white. There's yeah, a dichotomy. Yeah. I don't use it very often and mm-hmm. I've, like, I'm a really big uh, self-proclaimed student of philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm very familiar with the word, but I've never heard it used in such a context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just... And it's, it's not what I would have chosen to use even now. It's, it's, like, a par- it's, like, it's like a partition into two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. No, yeah. I understand. I mean, yeah, I've experienced that where it's like, oh, I'm hanging out with my friends right now. Like, right, right. Um, so for this me... This is a friend day, not yeah. a new day. Yeah. So for me, a dichotomy really seems like what you meant it to mean is like one or the other. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So I don't think that that's a... And I agree with you on this. I don't think that that is a good way to have a relationship. Yeah. I think... And it, this is the way that I'm just conducting myself now. Mm-hmm. Like... Just to bring it back to the relationship guy, I'm a relationship guy. I need affection. I need love. I need to feel cared for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't need that to be from someone who I decide I'm going to be committed to. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. Like, I had a friend over the other night after, like, a really hard time that I had with my family. Mm-hmm. And if you feel you feel free to ask about it. I'm transparent, you know? And, you know, at the end of the night, we didn't, like, have sex or anything. We didn't hook up, really. Like, just a little bit of kissing, whatever. She's on her period. And I'm just, I just needed her to, like, be there while I was taking a nap. Mm-hmm. Because I haven't gotten a lot of affection lately. Mm-hmm. I just broke up with my girlfriend a couple, like, a, a couple days ago. And before that, she'd been in Connecticut. I'd been on the island for a while. You know, I haven't really, you know, Friday, I cheated. I had sex, whatever. And that wasn't anything that was loving or caring. And I, I need that. Mm-hmm. Where'd you meet that person? Uh, that person that I cheated on Allie with, yeah. or the other yeah. person that gave me some affection and let me sleep next to them. The, the, the cheating one. Cheating. Both person. Tinder. Okay. Tinder. Yeah, but the the one that I cheated on Allie with, I didn't know her. Mm-hmm. And this other girl went to my high school, and I know her brother. 
And she's a very nice girl. Mm-hmm. So you just want me to watch you sleep. Huh? No. Yes, please. <laughs> no, what I really like, and I, you know, tell this to, I'm being transparent, you know, like yeah. just how I'm living. I can't say it enough. And please stop me if you hear me say it one yeah. too many times. But I told her like, yeah, when I was young, one of the things my mom used to do to, you know, foster this, you know, real need for affection was when I would go to sleep, she would stroke my forehead mm-hmm. in such a way. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, showed exactly how I wanted to do it or how I like it done to me. You know, I've had girlfriends who've done it in the past, even, you know, like my sister will do it every once in a while. Mm-hmm. It's not a sexual thing. Yeah. You know? I'm just thinking of like lines I would have said in my head to like just go right. What do you mean? No, no, not like that. It's usually with my, with your thumb and like. makeup on you. That's okay. Just like around the, I don't think I do. Yeah, my mom used to, back in India, when we would go, like, for the summer or something, she would put me to sleep by, like... Chloroform? Yeah. No. I I wish she used to pick lights out of my head. Oh, my God. God, these India stories, man. You know, it's it's a comforting feeling. Not yes, not yeah. to be checked for lice necessarily all the time. Can I they check for lice in your hair tonight? Would that make you happy? You yeah. do that. That would, that would make me happy. Yeah, right. Yeah, even before sex, you have a little cuddling. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, checking me for lice or anything. Listen, listen, listen. She could be doing whatever she wants up there. she's like scratching my head. So if I had a magnifying glass back there, you'd still get a boner. I don't care. I don't have lice. I've had it. It doesn't matter. Listen. I've never had lice. Lice are clean people, but go ahead, man. Listen, before we get hot and heavy, I'm going to need you to check for lice. After that, we can really go for it. I was so sorry that I was like going and going and going and then finally let you speak. But I just want to say you're welcome. I helped you out in your comic timing. I think that it was perfect and it couldn't have worked out better. And that's, you know, a compliment to you. You know, you could have blurted out at any point, but thank you for letting me help. Jeez. Oh, now I know how to get to a man. <laughs> Comb in one man. <laughs> you pick some lice out of here. Fucking yeah, one, one forever. <laughs> 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 what was the subject? I don't even know how to comment on anything. Uh, I was talking a lot about how I I need affection in a relationship. Yeah. And oh. Basically, what I was just trying to say is that I'm on Tinder looking to meet new people. Mm-hmm. I don't go on Tinder with the same, and I don't swipe right with the same intention for everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to fuck everyone that I swipe right on, you know? I understand that Dude. these people have their own lives yeah. and that they might not be there just for fucking. Yeah. So I, I want to respect that. Do you feel like it kind of reduces them to just that, like... They're just a hoe. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you don't call not people a hoe. Huh? Don't call people hoes. Call them a hoe. I said a hoe. Oh, well. Oh. Much better. Yeah, not objectively, <laughs> I don't think. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big existentialist. If you guys are into philosophy, if any of the... Can you define that word? Viewers you may or may not have are into philosophy, but... All five of them. I'm all, I'm all about... Four some. of them are here. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest... You know, and I did want to ask this question a little bit earlier, and before I go on, I need you to answer, but what's your podcast about? Really? It's really yeah, just... I eat this, by the way. Sure, no, eat okay. it. I don't, personally. Did you just let that burger sit there? <laughs> yeah. That's the worst thing to do to a burger. What? You it's hurt fine. its feelings. It's so... Wow, this is big. 
Okay. Well, the purpose of this podcast. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah. You can do that one. Um, I don't know. It's just, just to learn, learn more about. People. Yeah, it's like talking to like a, just like a lot of different, you know, people. And I mean, that's the goal of it is to learn things from what everyone has to say. Mm-hmm. Like we had, you know, this nuclear um, arms. He's an arms control expert. Yeah, arms control expert. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot of nuclear things. Nuclear arms control expert. Yeah. Learned some interesting things that I didn't know before. Mm. I'm a Who does that person work also. for? Well, he he was one of my professors, so I don't know. At Stony Brook. Yeah, and he does a lot of like training for the FBI. Like That's he trains cool. people in the FBI. Mm-hmm. Specifically to deal with like a nuclear situation or just any weapon of significant destruction. I mean. I think he he covers a lot of territory, like biological. It was, yeah, it was it was like specialized in nuclear arms, but he yeah. also said he did biological warfare and other things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, so he was like a biochem guy. Yeah, yeah. But it was interesting talking to him. Um, you know, we've had other people. We had Pat talking mm-hmm. about his past. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad talking mm-hmm. about you know their marriage, and you know she's an NP, so she you know deals with all these crazy people. NP. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Psych- she's a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Okay. Um. So that was interesting. Had my brother on. He uh, teaches in Brooklyn. He's a math teacher. Um, How old? Uh, he's think, 25. Are the kids he teaches? Huh? 16, How old are the kids he teaches? High school. They're high school. Yeah, they're like... 10th grade uh, classes. Uh, uh, yeah, 10th grade. Maybe 12th grade because he taught AP stats this semester. Nice. Um, but he had a lot to say about you know teaching and... You know, other things like that. Yeah, I wanted to be a teacher. He's Matthew said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I wanted to be. Yeah. So every, everyone has interesting things to say, and it's cool to get you know a bunch of different perspectives. Because even in the conversation, it doesn't necessarily even have to be about what that person does for a living. It can go into something else, in which case it's interesting to get their views on it. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, because it is coming from a different perspective. Certainly. You know, and just from a different walk of life and, that's and all we have profession to that they chose. So yeah, it's really interesting talking to people about those things. Yeah, well, thank you for enlightening me, and I honestly really, really enjoy talking about any kind of ideas you guys have for the podcast in the future. Yeah. And if you value my opinion after this session, then you know more power to you. Use it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we were just talking about when you were we were talking about hand your back before, like you have been such a you know a delight delightful guest on our podcast. Oh, I yeah. appreciate it. It was how I was raised. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he is my guest. <laughs> <laughs> True. I'm here. <laughs> a little possessive, but if yes. I'm with you on that one, guy. Hey, hey God, excuse me. Yeah, I will defend the girl here. Okay. Wait, have you been nothing but a nuisance? <laughs> on your birthday. Fuck yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you want a pieces? I got it. I know I got those first. <laughs> I just want Tinder so someone say something nice about me. <laughs> <laughs> and but, here you are. Look yeah, what you've gotten yourself into. <laughs> it's, it's also interesting to just fuck around with people yeah. and talk. Because oh, there's, there's so many, like, inside, inside, you know, friend conversations that you have, and it's like, if that went, you know, to everybody out mm-hmm. there, I think they would find it interesting. Right. You know? Or, or even for some people, you know, if they don't, they don't necessarily have... 
I don't know, a giant friend group. It's yeah. it's something nice to be a part of. Right. You know, like you can hear in on the conversation, laugh when they laugh, you know, find jokes funny. It's like they can be there. Yeah, and enjoy I mean, it. Just, like, you, you watch Joe Rogan, right? Yeah. It's kind of like a similar feel. You get to sit in. Traditional podcast, I would call it. Because I think that there's, you know, I've heard a lot of other podcasts that are more informative or more like storytelling, storytelling, or you know, lecturing or anything, role playing. Mm. There's, you know, in the old in the old days, like in the radio, war, uh, yeah, War of the Worlds, right? Mm-hmm. People thought that in the '40s or the '30s, whenever they came out, that they were getting attacked by Martians. Yeah. yeah. Because it was such an an intriguing and convincing form of entertainment, mm-hmm. audio entertainment. Just what podcasts predominantly mm-hmm. are. I like to watch the whatever so that I really know when they're laughing and how they feel. And yeah, whatever. I'm I, like really I like big on like little body language things. Yeah, I, I, you know, watch YouTube videos at work. I put them on. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, where do doing, you work? Uh, Publishers Clearinghouse. Doing what? Uh, data science. <laughs> cool. Manipulating yeah. old people. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you? Like, what's your project? What's your most recent project? Or equivalent? Um, it's Correct just... I'm using the wrong word. So, I mean, it's... Right now, we're just trying to use, like, variables from third parties to predict um, what category of items people are going to buy from for their first purchase. So that oh. you can kind of... Based on demographics? Uh, it's based on a lot of variables. Well, I mean, it's like, like, it's like, like, it's like which a thousand. type of people would buy which type of products, right? Yeah, but it's it's more like everyone has a set of attributes. So basically, there's there's a data. You're in some database, all of you, me included, and it's not of any certain you know company. You made accounts at multiple you know places on the internet. You know, I don't know how many accounts I make. I make accounts fucking all the time. You know, just to go do some simple thing. Sure. But what happens is, is this all gets conglomerated into some third-party database that has a global tracking ID. It doesn't have your name or anything like that because they can't give that away. But as for things that you're interested in, you know, like, uh, oh, do they have an interest in being, uh, do they have an interest in social issues like politics? Yeah, right? yeah. Are they interested in collecting things? Blah, right. blah, blah, blah. And all this gets conglomerated into one big database. Sure. And then what you can do is then use those things yeah. to predict for products. So you can look at what these what other people have bought in the past. You know. So some people have bought <laughs> some people have bought from certain categories. Well you can use that to say, alright, I'm gonna use the attributes over here and I know they bought these products. No, I understand why you do it. Yeah, and I'm gonna train something so that I can just put in the attributes and get out the products you might buy. Sure. So then I can recommend them to you like Amazon does. Of course. So, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, uh, data science is one of the uh, professions that was suggested to me as uh, would be uh, a holder of a bachelor's in math. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, that's just something that is super interesting. And I'm sure that I could totally do it with, you know, if I'm doing the right study. But I'm not willing to learn how to code and to learn how to really do actual data science other than with a pen and paper and bullshitting with ideas, you know? Yeah. That would only ever happen at, like, a startup of some kind. Yeah. I mean, there's a... There's something to be said for, you know, pen and paper. I love proofs. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what helps my understanding. I can't understand things otherwise. I need it to be formally done out so I know exactly how it's working. If I don't know how it's working, I don't feel like I know mm. what I'm actually talking about. And 
then I don't feel like I can. Matt, when he starts talking about math, I have a great question for you. (laughs) So, all right, first, tell me again why you like proofs. I like proofs because. I just like the action of it. I don't know. I, I like. I like. I like the, the lack s- of ambiguity. Yes, I do love that. Yeah. And I okay. love. I love the steps and explaining every step and saying, "All right, I did this using using this rule or whatever." And it's building up a theory. It's like you have these set of statements at the start, and you slowly build them all up until they become like you know such useful things. Mm-hmm. And like theorems are pretty cool because it's basically like you saved a proof, mm-hmm. and now. You can just use the result, and all the whole proof is just saved because it's always going to be like using that theorem is the same as using all of the um, statements that led up to the yeah. theorem. The theorem, but you're just allowed to go straight there. And it's such an interesting thing to me. I also love language too. I love like doing natural language processing, but also formal language. Yeah. Can I and ask you what specifically you like about what you said? You like about proofs. Wait a minute. <clears throat> so. Something that can you please pronounce your name correctly for me because oh, yes. I'm gonna call you Chandra. <laughs> That's what I was just about to say. That's please. what her name is. It's Chandana. Chandana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Chandana just said that you probably like, or she believes that you like the lack of ambiguity mm-hmm. in proofs. Do you really value that in all of the information you <laughs> hold is true? Yes. Yes. Yes, I do. So, believe, that's very interesting. Believe me. <laughs> I do. Do you give me permission to talk to him? It's going to be you $5. Can no. <laughs> you can say no. Please get him off my hands. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, go. You, you are you to willing him? to lose him? <laughs> are you? I think me and Sabrina can get something going if you two decide to just go off. Absolutely. (laughs) Do not lower your standards. I don't have standards. (laughs) Why are you thinking that's 50? Oh my god! You fuck off! (laughs) What is this? He said, why do you think you match (laughs) 50? That's awful. Fuck off. No, that's terrible. You know, let me finish my thought before you <laughs> I won't finish it now. Anyways, have you heard of Rene Descartes? Yeah. The Cartesian plane and all. Mm-hmm. He's like a philosopher, mathematician. Yeah. So the biggest, uh, I would argue, at least of what I've read of his work philosophically, the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway for me is what's called the Cartesian doubt. And that you can doubt everything. Mm-hmm. So... My question to you is that, you know, since you love the, you know, structured definition, absolute result of a theorem that is an a priori statement of knowledge, do you know what that means? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what that means? Doesn't it mean, um... It's been set out before okay. to be said as true. Mm-hmm. No, that's not true. Does it mean without precedent? A priori. Without yeah. precedent? I don't know what it means in Latin, mm-hmm. but what in an, op- an a priori statement of knowledge, mm-hmm. for example, would be 2 plus 2 is equal to 4. Mm-hmm. Any two things that you group together with two other things, no matter where you are or who you are, you will relate the idea that you have of these two groups of two coming together, always you're going to have four things, no matter what. No matter what experience that you've had before... Wait, hold on, wait, what do you mean? I'll, I'll, give, you an, I'll give you an example of... 
the other kind of truth. There's only two. A priori and a posteriori. A yeah. posteriori, posteriori, what I... Yeah, like the posterior. It means <laughs> that you know this from previous events that you've witnessed or experienced in some way. So inference. Right. So, for example, can you give me an example of inference-based knowledge? Um, it's just something... One example. Where, all right, so let's say... I have people coming into my clinic and I'm a doctor. Sure. And I see people come in with certain symptoms yes. all the time. And it always ends up being... You're right. Already. They, they have a cold. They have a cold. Or, I don't know, some, some certain disease. Now, that's not true all the time. They can come in with the symptoms and they can have something else. But I know that most of the time it is the case that these symptoms are this other thing. Now, Please. that's for me learning it over time. Yeah. I'll, let me just... Since we're speaking about philosophy now, can I just warn you? Don't say that you know something when you don't. I define knowledge as a true belief that is justified. If you claim to know something, it must be true. So when you say you know a patient of yours comes in with cold symptoms, you know you believe those symptoms that they tell you to be cold symptoms. You know that you believe that you think they have a cold. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm being redundant. Please forgive me. Drinks. Yeah. Look who but I fucking brought to the podcast. Fuck you, I Matt. love these conversations. <laughs> yeah, no, they're great conversations. And I, I really do look forward to yes. them every second of the day. And that's why I'm here. Fuck Matt Brewer. Ultimately, like... <laughs> what are you... <laughs> like the very I'm sorry I just got, got sidetracked. Him. If you got want to no, no, keep going, keep going. Remind me. What was I just saying to you? Um, It'll be better. Never, never claim to know something when you don't. Yeah, never claim to know something when you don't. I've been very, very careful with my language over the past year, um, especially since I've adopted this definition of knowledge that I just said to you. Yeah, well, what do you mean by know is true? <laughs> something that you know is true. Because what do you mean? What are you, are you asking me to define true? Because I, even in my like of the lack of ambiguity and proofs, yeah. you still... Because believe me, I've been around the whole, the whole slew of it of going down to like, all right, well, where's the bottom definition for all these things? And let me just keep going, keep going, keep going. And I'm like, all right, well, then maybe how do I define what a set is? All right, let me think about that. Right. Uh, I'm gonna need like these eight or twelve axioms. Now I'm gonna sure. now I'm gonna lay those out, and it's like, oh wait, hold on. In order to make those axioms, I have to use logical statements. But how am I gonna define logical statements? It's like, mm -hmm. oh, well, you're going to need like some sort of formal writing system. You're right. going to need um, certain symbols that you can use, yeah. certain rules of deduction that you can use. Right. So you need a system of logic, a system of proof. And it's like, all right, well, now how are you going to define that system of proof? Because you need that system of proof to show that that system of proof is correct. Yeah. There is this, this bottom wait, of wait, math wait, is circular. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Can I stop you? What? When you said you need another system of proof to mm -hmm. show that your original system is correct. Well, to make the statements. You're, you're trying to make statements about a logical system. Sure, okay. I'm with you again. Now, how are you going to make those statements about logical systems? You've using logical symbols? You've proved them already. You haven't proved them. It's just saying to, yes, make, to, to make the axioms, to make the axioms you know, that are the bottom of sure. the theory, how are you going to make those things? You have to take something for granted. No, no, no. How are you going to make those things? What are you talking about? <laughs> the, so the axioms you use is a statement. There's implications, right? Mm -hmm. You have implication symbols going from one if statement you, to if another. If you want me to understand right away, give me an example. Um, let's just say... You like, can keep going generally, but I might follow quicker. Okay. Just say it's a like a conditional. It's like, oh, if 
Um, I can't. I if can't P think then Q. Let's yeah, like that. if if P then Q. Right. All right. So how would you write that down? You would write P implies Q. Right. Okay. So but write, what what I'm saying is that we are taking an original statement as ultimately true. The problem. That's where a problem in lies. No, I agree. No the, no, the problem is you have to write it down. The problem is you have to write it down no, you don't. and say to someone what it means. You have to you have to write these symbols down and define what the symbols mean. Yeah. How are you going to define the symbols mean? What are you going to do? Use another statement? Oh, this is interesting. <laughs> I love this. That's this the problem really I found. Good. You're speaking a lot more to your obsession with language. Now, yeah. I think. Yeah, but that's the problem. Is when you get to the bottom, at at some level, you're just going to have to say, I just hope other people know what this means too <laughs> yeah, yeah. i mean that's and that's but, something that aligns a lot with existentialism if you haven't read a lot of philosophy uh i if you're interested i highly suggest you read a lot of friedrich nietzsche a lot of sonnen kierkegaard and kafka. Huh? kafka kafka i've heard before but i don't i haven't read any of the their work i had to read kierkegaard kierkegaard is very good i have on nietzsche's Come on, Nietzsche's book upstairs. Haven't Finish read it, yet. it, man. It's good. Also, there's also I also have a book, Carl Jung. Um, I think one of the philosophers I like. I have a book upstairs called um, Philosophy of In Mathematics. Oh. oh, who's that by? Um, Russell Bertrand Russell. Isn't there one called Philosophy in Plain English? I'm not sure there probably is. But yeah, that's that's my problem, is that if you want to deal with math, and I had to somehow accept this, uh, you know, it's like I like the unamb unambiguity in the statements, but really what it is, it's like the best distilled English I can do. Right. To so make it logical. I, but I can't say that other people are going to understand what I'm talking about because you have to write it down. They're not in your head. And information is lost in transfer. Yeah. So I can't really say anything is really guaranteed to be, you know, true for someone else. However, by example, we do know that it's right a fuckload of the time. Otherwise, we wouldn't be walking around with computers and other things yeah. like that. Have you ever read uh, David Hume? Uh, I don't think so. I've heard him. By the way, he's hot. Him? That's hot. <laughs> that right there, my man, is hot as shit, my friend. But David Hume has, uh, you know, I did this class, I took this class in the spring called Philosophy of Work, and we read, it was in Philosophy of Knowledge, actually, that we read about Descartes and all of that, but Hume we read also in that class, not in Philosophy of Work, I'm sorry, same, same professor, so I got a little confused, but something you said made me think of a Hume thing, and it's condition. So what David Hume thinks condition is, is the human, I guess, comfortability or expectation for things to happen, you know? So, for example, any a priori state or a posteriori statement of knowledge is, you know, we expect that thing to happen, water boiling at 212 degrees Fahrenheit. We expect that to happen because... Only because, not just because, only because it has happened that way every time in the past. Yeah. Or at least once in the past. Yeah. What also happens is that people associate conditionals with time. Right. That's that's true. ultimately a derivation of the of Hume's claim. 
is yeah. that we cannot know anything for certain just because it happened in the past. Yeah, but like in, in logic, conditional statements are really... Either something is, is true or it's not. Yeah. Because you can rewrite that statement in terms of um, like an and symbol, an or symbol. In which case, it's like after you see the conditional, after you take that away, it takes away your idea of time <laughs> for the statements. And then you're like, oh. How so? Like if you say, if it's sunny, then it's warm. Yes. Mm-hmm. If that's not a time statement. Right. It's that's also not a true statement. Well, it's... Well, yeah. Thank you. Well, it's it's more like... Just having the conditional there, people associate time. Because usually we perceive things as time. We have something oh. here that happens, and then it leads to this over time. But in a logical system, yeah, that's statements not exist either. outside of time, and it's just sort of... Right, that's how I view true, logical it's statements. It's not true. You know, there is no time associated with it. There's right. a step. There's right. a movement of a step. Yeah. But it's, that's not time. I think that people who make that mistake of you know, quantifying time in their true-false statements, like, they have to understand that time is another dimension. You know, ultimately, like, I've, I've read a lot of Plato. Plato's the most that I've read in philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite, you know, book is his complete works. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a big red Bible. Um, it's my Bible, pretty much. I'm an atheist. But he... I forgot what I was just about to say. Remind me what you were... Time. Time, yes. More. I need more. <laughs> People so make the mistake of quantifying time. Even though it's a different dimension. Podcast. This is so like right. So I read a lot of Plato. <laughs> and ultimately, what Plato, what I've learned from all of my philosophical ventures mm-hmm. and academic ventures, ultimately, is that you know I I am more interested in truth mm-hmm. than anything else. And in order to find truth, ultimate truth, real truth. Mm-hmm. In the fullest extent of its definition, I have to take away all of the variables. And that's what all of the great philosophers did. In the readings, in Descartes' Meditations on Philosophy, Meditations on Metaphysics, he questions everything. The Cartesian doubt is the doubt of everything. Mm-hmm. I cannot be certain right now that I'm sitting in this room talking to you people because it is entirely possible that I may be dreaming mm-hmm. at this very instant. Mm-hmm. I am not certain right now whether 2 plus 2 is equal to 4 because no matter what I tell you, ultimately there can be some supernatural, all-powerful being. Let's call him a deity. We can call him a god. He calls, him, he calls him an evil scientist in his writings, in the meditations. He could be convincing me that that is right. When in actuality, I have no idea what is right. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, there's very, very few things that we can say and know for certain. And the main one, which is a philosophical term known as the cogito, which is like the consciousness, is that I am certain, the only thing that I am certain of right now, talking to you people genuinely, not only is Descartes, you know, speaking through me, but myself. I am 100% certain that I am thinking, and that's all I can be certain of. I am experiencing something right now, and I believe I am talking to you. And so, that I am certain so, of is that I believe I am talking to you. So, I don't know if I'm here. So what do you, so what do you think about this statement? Sure. Because uh, Descartes also said, or was of the belief that the mind is independent of the body. Sure. 
which I think is wrong. That is wrong. It's totally wrong. Be careful. No, it's you it's, don't know that's wrong. It's totally wrong. You're so experience... unless you want to be labeled a liar by me, <laughs> correct yourself. No, no, no. no. Here's well, here's why I'll say it's wrong. Listen, I have no hard feelings. I know a ton of liars. You're. <laughs> I you're mean, not genuinely, seriously. Like I just seriously. No, no, no. no. You're I'm just trying to correct you in the most humble way possible. Oh yes, no, of course, of course. Your existing, your existence is through a medium. Mm-hmm. Your mind, you you think about your body. Sure. Things happen to your body. It affects your mind psychologically. Things you 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 don't know what it's like to be without your body. So how can you say it's independent? It must be somewhat dependent. There must be some correlation between your mind and your body. Yeah. Because you've never known anything else. Right. Could be the case that I don't know, go somewhere else after. But as for this right now, it's not certainly not independent. It's quite dependent. Yeah. You know, if you die, we don't know what happens after that. But right. all I can tell you is that right now, I don't know what my thoughts would be if I didn't have my body. Right. You know. That's interesting because it's also quite difficult to no like if a person who is brain dead like you you think that the, there is an absence of their mind but they just can't communicate that so right. is the absence of being able to manifest your thoughts through action and word the absence of your mind itself no not in my opinion okay but everything's subjective mm-hmm. um yeah that's something that you know was covered in my first philosophy class mm-hmm. you know whether or not, like, we dealt with it when we were talking about physician-assisted suicide that they have, I think, in Washington and in some Scandinavian countries, which I'm all for. But, you know, I'm a real big believer in, like, I'm a monist as well. Like, I believe that, you know, the mind is the body. What does monist mean? A monist is someone who believes only in natural matter, not nothing supernatural. I don't believe in anything supernatural. Supernatural, immaterial, like ghosts. Sure. Okay. Well, the whole well, the whole thing about it is like I don't know. But what I can say is all the statements I make, mm-hmm. every single statement I make, and I'll make this quite general because I make a lot of crazy statements, but they're probabilistically true. You know, I never say ones Careful and zeros. With your words, my man. I never say ones and zeros. What I say is like, oh, maybe something's true a certain percent of the time. Yeah. That's all I really can make statements right. with. But when I do say, like, oh, yeah, you know, we know this, it's like, well, right. what I mean is we know it probabilistically. It's maybe high probability we know this, mm. you know. And those are all the statements, you know, that I make. Mm. But, again, another thing to think about is when you dive too deep into philosophy, it's like one one of the things you could be is, like, are you getting away from yourself? Is it functional to be thinking this way? Because you could think about it, it's like, oh, well, I, you know, I don't want to start, you know, writing all these theorems and stuff down before I absolutely know it's true. It's like, well, would then any theorems be written down? Because everyone would have, you know, probably had the realization. It's like, oh, well, I actually can't say this on is true because I would have to write it down. People would have to understand me. Things can be lost in translation. Right. How do I know they know it's completely true? Right. So now, you, now you're in this situation. It's like, all right, then what do I do? Just not do anything because I don't know if it's true or not? Sure. Well, we can know that it's highly probable that it's true. Yeah. So... Well, let's just go ahead and do it anyway. And now we have computers and all good yeah. things. I think ultimately that's what I do not like about applied math. What? It's the lack of certainty. Yeah, but I mean, at some degree you have to do that to get things done. 
Yeah. You reacted to that. What's going on? I don't know. It was just like math. Math's like very... I don't know. I'm a math, like rants I'm a 30 math, minutes at a time, and I'll be like, I'm a math person, Sabrina. I'm a math I know, person. I know. That I think that's going back to the fact that you're like very free spirited and almost like in what touch you with yourself. And Matt's very in touch with what numbers. What are you talking about? <laughs> Never mind. What do you I'm going to put it no, up no, for no, a no, second. Um, by the way, I love um, this corduroy, by the way, in general. This, yeah, very nice piece of clothing, of thank course. You, thank um, you. But specifically, thick corduroy. It's very you know what comfy, I mean? You know, like summer little jacket. I don't know if you have any cord pants. I like don't. I love my do you, cords. Do you I want to wear my pair. jacket? No. no, I'd rip it. Um, um what was I, I saying? Have the thin ones. Go ahead. Applied math. I for, I don't know anything about the major. I'll make that disclaimer. But for talking to math, Matt. It seems like very, you look at the data, the data tells you what to do, and back and forth and back and forth, and you see, you were like, oh, I don't like that, because you seem like just a very in touch with, um, almost like grassroots, in touch with the world person. I'm in touch with reality. Yeah. What are you talking about? All right, all right. I'm going to back out a little. No, no. What What do you, no, no, no. What do you mean? Like, (laughs) he's not in touch with himself. No, I think like, I think I understand what you're saying. Do you want me to talk to Matt for you right now? I'll make one more statement and then I'll let you. Uh, So do you know like Briggs Meyer profile? I might be saying that wrong. I know exactly what it is. I'm going to go to the bathroom again. Go to the bathroom. There's troops type of people. There's no pro or com to anything, but there's like, judging sensation like it's a four-digit code i know i'm esgt esjt and i'm like extrovert sensing judging thinking i think those are my things and some people just have the opposite some of them are like i'm gonna go with my gut some of them are like i need the numbers in front of me and the point businesses use those codes because you should never have a team with all the same code you Mm -hmm. want it to be diverse and it just seems like the two of you are different types of people I don't He's know. I was, of, I was thinking, wow, there's such kindred spirits right now. Like, oh, really? Like, connect on the same yeah, funny is that yeah. my Tinder yeah. date, S- you stole S- him. <laughs> Sabrina, yeah, I'm totally not understanding what you are. I'm a math That's person. A, I know, you stole my Tinder date. <laughs> Look, I, I'm, a, I'm a math person. You know what that means? <laughs> no, I'm literally not a math major. It's like, it's data that, that's... When he comes back, should I be posed? (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) I'm gonna put my feet down. I'm I'm more math than applied math, and remember, applied math is based off of theorems and things like that. There's there's theoretical things behind it. You know, you're making statements. It's not just crunching numbers and looking at. It's like I love theory. I, I I love theoretical things. I love proving. Absolutely. No, I just, um, I don't know. Have you guys ever used that? I think it's called Briggs-Meyer. Yeah, I've had have to you, do it used for that? my job before. And I find the whole thing to be mumbo-jumbo, to be quite honest. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I've thought my groupings for both Capstone mm-hmm. and my other projects that I've had to use it for have mm-hmm. been futile. Um, mm-hmm. They've been worth it in using it. Is futile mean worth it or is oh, it the opposite? I, it's the opposite. But oh, yeah, I um, used the word wrong. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Yeah. So okay, interesting. I mean, I feel like it tells you what you already know about yourself. Like if you know you're an introvert, it'll tell you. But like, if you're a business and you have no idea who these hundred people are, it kind of helps you set them up. I see. And saying it it kind of just reduces them to their core traits, so you can easily. Yeah, we don't need two people who think by their guts. We can have them fighting with each other, and that's really good for the company to have those people fighting with each other. Mm -hmm. Have all the different points of view. I think. I think. 
making some wrong characterizations. <laughs> no, the break. Have you Did ever you heard of Breaksmeyer profile? Yeah, I've taken him on. Yeah, I, I think they said like it's kind of mumbo jumbo. I think I've had a lot of luck with it. No, I mean what I think is that you. It's really hard. If you're getting a, a honey to distill to person this. down. Feel free to finish this honey if you're getting a honey, unless you're getting. Yeah, I was just it. checking things out. Oh no, you can try one of those. I appreciate yeah, it. take whatever right. you want. I'll just finish the honey first, and then we can uh, dip into probably. your little, you know, savings thing. <laughs> um, yeah, like making character. It's it's really hard to distill people down to numbers. People are fucking crazy. You can't. The people, people, people are different. That you know, data scientists use this data as helpful things to maybe you know give you predictions, but they don't know for sure. You know. And that's part of the thing. It there's a lot of using in math. There's using gut all the time. You 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 want to prove a theory, and it's like you don't just close your eyes to the only things available to you. You're like, huh? Maybe let me think about how I could get there. Huh. Right. The, let me think about maybe if I see this statement over here out in the ocean over here. Maybe if I can get to there, then I can get to there. Right. But what you have about to think up those is, statements. What about that takes away from what a proof really is? What do you mean? So, the, just from that statement, it seems to me that you believe that that is a source of ambiguity in math. What? That people have to go sometimes and think outside of the box to prove the theorem that they're working on. That's not it. Huh? That's, I mean, that's encouraged. Right. Yeah. So, what? I think uh, I, just, I, I think just from what I... I'm sorry oh, yeah. to cut you off, but just from what I took from it, it sounds like you seem... You feel like that is a negative thing about math oh no yeah. no he means no this is just my perception <clears throat> what you meant before the whole reason you like proofs is that it kind of strips away the ambiguity of the natural world right um, I'm, I'm a very consistent so, person so, so i'm so gonna pick up the same arguments and like if you say anything contradictory i'm gonna bring it up no no no, no. so clarify mathematical please. people are very creative sure extremely creative uh, i don't know what the thinking is that it's you know uh, they like, you know, unambiguity. They don't want this creative stuff. It's like, no, you need the creative stuff right. to guide the the path. Of course. Then you use the structured things that you have to prove your gut right. is right. Do you ever oh. have, like, the corporate mindset? Like, I kind of think of that. Hmm. Like, you can use a mathematical model, but there's always going to be eh, going on. And you know, like, no if bottles you ever purchase, right. yeah. yeah, you want to purchase your model to get your business to as far as it can go, yeah. but it's still going to be eh. So I think ultimately, like, the big problem or the, the a very, very um, attractive attribute in mathematicians, especially, but in people who are hired by, you know, big money corporations, you know, yeah. in important positions, they want them to be intelligent and good problem solvers most of the time. Those qualities are what is required of, of someone who has a math degree. You know, yeah. they have to be good problem solvers. They have to think outside the box sometimes on proofs that they might need to. And you know, that's all well and good. They're coming to an amb an unambiguous absolute truth at the end of the day. But the real work and the real value is in how they get there ambiguously, because as you very well know, that there are many different ways to write the same proof. Mm -hmm. And have it be correct yeah. on an exam or actually, right? Yeah. There's multiple different, you know, there's infinite mm -hmm. ways to word different proofs. Yeah. And so. I think that's, like, I think that's great. 
Yeah. They can do it that way. Absolutely. That's what's so special about truth is that it's not unique. Well, what I what I always like is people giving... I'm sorry? It's not path dependent. No. What I always like is people giving statements with reasons. Justifications. Yeah, I don't like unreasonable things where it's like you just say something and it's like, well, what do you have backing that up? And they're like, oh, well. Hmm. Just kind of feel it. It's like, well, can you give me something? Right. How something often, more than that. <laughs> how often will you ask someone to clarify? Me? Everyone you speak to who gives you that feeling of, what do you fucking mean? Only, how math, often do you I, only other math people. Only other math people. I would suggest. I would suggest. I mean, she's she's been looking around this whole time, being like, you know, hey, hey. Oh well, okay. So yeah, I, let I me tell you this. I've, <laughs> I've just been drunk. Don't <laughs> you confuse that? My intention with people has been to let them get to know me mm -hmm. for who I believe I am, and so I conduct myself in such a manner. Mm -hmm. So I find myself asking that question a lot. I've asked it many times tonight already. What do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. Say more about that. Define this word. Because I need to understand what I'm, what you guys intend by what you say. And I think that's very important in any relationship, mm -hmm. especially a Tinder hookup, right? Tinder. You know? Right. <laughs> what do you think of the two of them as a couple? Do you think it's going to last? Do you think it's going to... No. It looks, it, Wait, just hold on. Can I comment on something I said before? Please, but I need to get to that question. <laughs> I'm not trying to duck the question. I know you're not. <clears throat> so I feel like not only does that help you, but it also helps the person you're asking cement and solidify what they feel yeah. is true about the topic. Because if they're saying something that is ambiguous, it it indicates that maybe they their understanding of what they're trying to say is also ambiguous. And if you're forcing right. them to clarify, mm -hmm. it's it's helping them. Of course, and that's that's ultimately what I'm looking for, along with many other things mm -hmm. in my, you know, when I say I want to be transparent with people. Mm -hmm. You know, I just want to be on the same page, ultimately, is the go-to phrasing or idiom I've been using. You know, it's that I need to be on the same page with you so I can really understand whether or not I want to spend time with you mm -hmm. or waste time talking to you or not, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm not trying to spend all my time well. I'm 22. I'm an idiot. You know, I'm a fucking moron, but I think I have decent enough ways to live that I'm going to be okay and I'm going to be relatively happy. Yeah. And I know that ultimately it's a work in progress. So if that turns out not to be the case, when I realize it, it'll be a learning process. You know, I've learned mm -hmm. something that, yeah, it's not the way that I wanted to live. I mean, we're, we're constantly adjusting our direction to get to where we think is optimal. <laughs> so I'll just say now because I think it's a good time that I'm terrible with names. So I'm gonna ask you like maybe a dozen. All right, here's times here's how I remember it. Ready? Oh, how you Chan, remember it? You Chan, stopped Chan, Chan, the no. Chan, no, no, like as in C H A N. And then T H E. And then N A. Chandana. 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 Yes. Chandana. Mm -hmm. Chandana. Yeah. Chandana. Got it. Hello. My name's Mike. You've never met me before. No. This is my Hi. Tinder date. <laughs> Hello. Okay. Nice to meet you. Who's that? Adam. Adam, nice so to meet you. Nice to introduce you. Hi like there. That. You just no, told me Dan? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, sorry. Nice to meet you. Do you want to be featured on the podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't have that for <laughs> 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 
<laughs> what does your shirt say? Huh? Salsa sensation. Sabrosura. Sabrosura. ¿Qué significa? What does that mean? Um, I don't know, like flavorful. No, they just put it on a t-shirt because it sounded like salsa. Oh. <laughs> Do you not speak Spanish? No, no. I'm sorry for assuming. No, no yeah, she speaks Spanish. <laughs> you were wearing, you were wearing a, a t-shirt that uh, has a Spanish it's, sentence on it. Yeah, uh, it's no, not because you're tanner than I am. Nice meeting you guys. Enjoy. Bye. Bye. That's something also I've been really uh, interested in lately is Spanish. Mm. I, I love the idea of knowing another language just yeah. oh my because God. I've been talking to a lot of people lately and Spanish is the language that I know most better than, or besides English. Yeah, me too. So. We, we were at this Indian restaurant the other day Yeah. and it was a Pakistani place, but... So you were not at an Indian restaurant. Oh, <laughs> Oh my god, I don't know why I said that. I didn't, I didn't Jesus! I'm Muslim. You I meant, said you were I, born in India? I, yeah, I was born in India. Do you speak Hindi? No, exactly. But my dad does. I wasn't, I wasn't rubbing my face because of the answer I was expecting. No, it was, <laughs> okay. it's, it's just a bad yeah. habit I have. I'm sorry. No, 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 it's okay. So, like, usually, you know, you just order. But my dad like, rolls out his fluent Hindi, and me and my brother are just like, wow. <laughs> like, he starts talking to the wait uh, the waiter in, like, the native tongue, and it's like, it's just great to s just see someone, like, perfectly enter into huh. a conversation. It's very interesting. Yeah, like that's really German. cool. I had no idea she spoke German until we went to Germany, oh my God. and oh, she really? was just like, bad German. Uh, I was 12th grade. What?! Wow. Yeah. And then she just started speaking German. I was like, what the fuck was this? Oh my god. I'm like, where did this come from? <laughs> you speak you speak another language? <laughs> what the hell? After all this time. Did she learn when she was a kid? Hebrew? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, she went to German school. Yeah, Jordan and Boko is It's very fascinating. Yeah. And it's still, she still retains it. I said I speak a little bit of Spanish, but I like talking in an accent. Oh, I did not get any of that. Yeah. What did she say? Did I speak in French? No, no, no. I said in Sp I said in Spanish that I like I like speaking Spanish, and I, I I'm not, I speak a little bit of Spanish, but I like talking in an accent. In you like in talking Spanish. Spanish in an accent, or you talk like talking si. in English? Oh, si. okay. Me gusta hablar español con un acento. Mm. Like you ruined the whole podcast. I ruined nothing, and I would have zambonied the whole table if I had to. Um. But, yeah, to what, to what we were saying before. Sure. Um, Let's get back to something. We're constantly, we're constantly adjusting to where we think is optimal. We keep, we keep just performing actions, right? And, I mean, from, like, the AI standpoint, like, training reinforcement, like, learning agents, what you do is you train them based on their actions. They choose something. It's like, well, if that was stupid, you get this negative reward. And then... You know, using calculus or whatever, you adjust the parameters so that it chooses a better action next time. And sure. you keep doing it until it chooses optimal actions. But it's the same. It's exactly the same thing with us, and that's what it's based on. We make stupid decisions, and we're like, "Ooh, that was bad. I just ran that truck into a fucking lake. That was a bad thing." <laughs> sure. But you know, you're constantly looking at the decisions you've made and said, "Yeah, let's not let's lower that chance of happening again." And then you look at the good decisions you made, and you're like, all right, let's do more of that. Hmm. That's seeming to get us to where we want to be. 
and then you're constantly doing this optimization game of choosing what you you know do and don't do so you can eventually finally arrive at some place of optimality where you're actually um, where your life is meaningful yeah do you do you believe that's how most people live and make their decisions <sighs> No. no, I wouldn't say their update process is reflective of learning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you think that's the right way to live? That's how one ought to conduct themselves? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you should be up updating really? yourself to be like, oh. Does that bother you? No. Not I believe all? in the same thing, even really? though I tend not to practice it as much. For example, Please. I know... That when I stay up too late, I have a miserable day yeah. the next day. <laughs> right. And yet I continue to stay up too late. <laughs> what, oh, can I ask a question? Yeah. When, on any of those nights that you decide to stay up too late, mm -hmm. knowing very well you're going to get up at the same time you normally do, mm -hmm. bad, bad day tomorrow, mm -hmm. you ever say, fuck it, I'm just going to stay up anyways? I think that's what I do every, every time I elect to do it. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Yeah. It's... It's the choice you're making. What's it's the choice that? that I'm making because I'm opting to have fun now at the expense of my future. And that's bad. That is bad. Why? Because I know that the penalty... I'm, I'm going to be incurring the consequence at a later point. Right. Yeah, the where I can choose... And the consequence is... Detrimental. is lack of productivity. Yeah. Lack of productivity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. If I get up late, well, at least for me, if I get up late, I don't work out. If yeah. I don't work out, I feel like I, I'm not you know, awake enough. I don't feel like my mind is in the correct place. When mm -hmm. my mind is in the correct place, I can't do my work as well. If sure. I'm doing my work as well, I can't hand things in on time. Mm -hmm. When I can't hand things in on time, people aren't very happy with that. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel bad that I can't be as productive as I would like to be. Why as do you I know think I can that it's be. so important to be productive? Because to me, I I like getting things done. It's satisfying. I like seeing an end product. I like I, I like making things. Mm -hmm. To make things is to be productive. Okay, and why is being productive good? It's good to me. Why? Because I like it. Why? I money can you say happening. more on that? You don't have to. No, I mean, I just like it. You know what you like and what you don't like. Okay. Yeah, and that's how you adjust your actions. Good. Yeah. Great. That's <laughs> something that I think aligns a lot with a Marxist point of view. What? What you just said. Everything you just said. What do you mean? I think what I heard, just because I've taken my first like high-level philosophy class was the philosophy of Marx. So I've read a, a lot of Marx compared to everything else I've read. Mm -hmm. Compared to any other um, political philosophers I've read. Um, compared to any political philosophy that I have read. I'm sorry, that will be my last correction. Um, but he talks a lot about the alienation of workers and laborers. And obviously in labor there is productivity when you are really laboring. If you are not laboring, you may not be productive. Mm -hmm. But if you are productive, you are laboring in some aspect. And Marx talks a lot about, you know how the worker really, really values a lot more than everybody thinks of, or than everyone believes. They value the, the, the fruits of their labor. So you like being productive. What's an example of something that you like being productive about? I like making machine learning models. You like making machine learning models. Why do you like making machine learning models? Because I like seeing it act. I like seeing that I can predict things, that I can make something that either can, let's say, gain me more money, Mm -hmm. Right, because I can, you know, 
do something like I've been doing, which is train financial bots to look at the stock market, stuff sure. like that. Great. I like seeing things that just work. I like the act of mathematics working out. Absolutely. I, I agree 100% wholeheartedly. Now. I had something very, very good. I really, really did. Can you give me an example? I'll just divert of labor that you've done that you didn't value as much as the last example. You I was gave a busboy. You were wow. a busboy. Yeah. So cleaning people's plates after they've eaten for low money, minimum wage around, right? Why do you think that that wasn't as fun or as enjoying to you or as fulfilling to you as making models? Because I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. Yeah. Okay. That's important. And I think that that's something, well, that this is definitely something that I value in my own life and I always take into account when I make decisions about what I'm about to do. And, you know, I, I need you, whoever is listening to understand that I make all of my decisions based on my previous experiences. And I believe that everyone does. I don't think that people have free will. I think that people make all of their decisions based on what's happened to them in the past. And I don't think that there is any other decision that you will make to the next thing that happens to you. Other than the decision that you make. And you cannot prove me wrong. Mm. I know for a fact you cannot. Please try. Well, you can't prove it right either. So. I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's fine. Right. That's the way you offer it. And that's why there's so many different theories in philosophy. This is just the one that I choose to have faith in. Just yeah. like any of you may choose to have faith in God. Mm -hmm. Or anybody. But one of the things, I mean, at least from what I hear from people that, you know, deal with Marx, is it taking down some sort of hierarchy of power and bringing it down to workers so that they can choose at least what they want to do and they can configure with themselves. And mm -hmm. them. Now, don't you sense a problem with that? Why? Because people don't do well without direction from somewhere above. Some people Everybody? are very... So, yeah, some people are good leaders. You can you can you can have instances in which that's true, right? But I think in okay. the general case, you can't make that happen. No, because people, they real have you. If you've ever been in a group project, oh, you know that's true. Why did you people just? That? I saw you. I thought you were going to say something I didn't oh, like, okay. but you, you agreed. Um, but people in 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 group projects, it always be it's always the case that you're sitting there, and nothing's getting done. That's not true. This oh yeah. That's it's not true. true. You're a math major. You should know. That's not true. It's I will true. argue to the ends of the earth. It, you like, please finish, but then I don't... I, I I've talked to so that. many people. Right. And group Anecdotal projects evidence. tend to be that way, yeah. Tend to be that way. Thank you. I no longer need to object. Well, like I said, the statements I make... The statements I make... That way. The, the statements I make are probabilistic. Okay. Right, let's go back to that. So sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Okay. Can we get a couple other baselines on here? Can we... I need a pen and paper, actually. Do we have whenever whenever I make a whenever whenever I make a statement and say it's um, true, the probability is about point five. Yeah. It's right there, next to the bike, in between the other. Um, but what I what I mean by that is, Thanks. if you were to say, I would love to take a poll because I think my hypothesis would be right that people don't feel like the work is done equally throughout the group. Yeah. If you were to look at all group projects. Yeah. And there is a rule for that. It's um, Matthew's rule. 
but it's it's a it's more statistical rule. Game theory. Yeah, which is like in in certain places you have that twenty around like twenty percent of the people do eighty percent of the work, in a certain you know population you would say. It's certainly true for wealth. You have twenty percent of the people hold eighty percent of the wealth. And in terms of creative things where people are free to do the things that let's say they like and you know are not even like but just things that they need to do, you have the people that kind of sit back and let it happen. The other people that are like, well, we need to get the work done. Let's and they act on it more than the other people. And to some degree, them acting on it more makes other people act on it less. And they're yeah. like, oh, they got it. I can sit back and maybe chill for a bit. Certainly. You know, they they can they can handle it. Right. Right. It's just some essence of human behavior that is kind of that way. Not you know? Jerry Hash, but like that whole Briggs Meyer. I think this really plays in here. It's really good to have that diverse group. But I'll back out of this for a second. You guys go on your philosophy round. I <laughs> no, no, no. no. Why are you feeling the need to back out? Because this, this uh, is I don't know. This is not a philosophical debate. This is a conversation amongst oh. four people. It felt very philosophical, and I know nothing about philosophy. That's okay. But we I'm don't very... know either. We don't know anything. <laughs> We've established that. Philosophy we is just, just, it's just... We're just talking. We're just trying yeah. to figure things out. We're I'm just hanging like... out. I, I want everyone here to feel comfortable, or as comfortable as I do. I think no very, no, no, <laughs> very technical. Let's get everyone's diversity and diversify them as much as possible. And this really helped. Like I had an amazing experience in my my college capstone group, and mm. like you know, like I don't know. And I'm still friends with most of those people, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and we all work great together except for one person who we all hated, and that's fine. Did hating that one person draw the rest of you together more? Ooh, that's. I think it did. Mm. I think it did to the guys especially because she was um I don't know how to say it in public without like really being a harlot? not okay. <laughs> no, she was just not. She would hit on one of the guys when it was not warranted. A hussy. She did. A tart. Um, and the guys were also the girls were very like product management and very like on the schedule and the guys were very like if i'm not gonna have fun doing this project i'm not doing it if i'm not getting my hands dirty and if i'm not getting in the machine shop right. and so there was a lot of conflict on that attitude and i think that brought them closer together saying like we're not listening to her schedule fuck that like all that yeah mm. yeah that definitely can happen i've had that experience with coaches and, mm -hmm. and teachers yeah and, bosses yeah. coaches like yeah yeah, there's a way, I've definitely learned there's a way to manage without, um, when you're managing, you're mm -hmm. doing the worst job possible. When you don't think you're managing, it's the best thing possible. I, I think I've learned, and I'm still young, and I hope I continue to learn that. Can you say a little bit more on that? What do you, what does it mean to think that you're managing? So, like, for my capstone group, when there was chaos in the group, I said, like, everyone, we're going to be quiet, go around the circle, everyone gets a time, 60 second, say what your aggravations are, yell call out a person 60 seconds you're cut off and we're going to move on to the next person mm -hmm. when you're saying chandana why aren't you why isn't this done i need this done from you now matt like when you feel like a manager you're really just making people very self-conscious mm. almost and, and really decreasing work productivity you need everyone to know what everyone else is thinking and everyone else's anxieties to manage well and that's and i'm sure like i'm 21 i don't know crap but, and that, that's just what I've learned in my capstone group, and I'm sure yeah. I'll continue to learn that. Right. You're 22 yeah. now. I'm 22. Yeah, oh my happy gosh. Birthday. Thank well, you. Now, that 
might work well for small things. But if you want to go to a bigger group, how do you suggest doing that? By going around 70 people and asking what they think? No, but also as a manager, I think my whole point of view is like, you're never that good. It, your team has to win. If you're shorthand a person that gets paid a lot less than you, who's maybe on the floor stocking items, you go fill in that spot. You're not too good to do that. Everyone is working for the team. It's not for you. And once you understand that concept, your team is going to win. If you don't understand that concept, you might win, but you're going to go down with the rest of your team. Okay, so you're saying we should have a manager. Just a good manager. Yeah. Okay, I think it that's what It depends on for. the... <laughs> there's so many different <laughs> styles of management and corporations. I'm sure there's different options, but that's what I think. You just have to understand it's very team-based when you're talking about corporates. Yeah. Um, I guess what my point always is, is hierarchy of power or no hierarchy of power? Which one? Mm-hmm. Do, you know, do we want... It can't be either or. Or it can't be both. It, it could be a little bit of both. No, it can't. A little bit. Then you can... Because, listen, you can I'm have... I'm telling you that you're you wrong can, based on definition. You can, you can have loosely-based things where it's like, okay, I'm going to be a leader here. Yeah. But I'm going to act as if I'm not. I would call that a hierarchy. It, I mean, it is, yeah. Okay. But in order for it to function well, it needs... It can't... Like, for example, I can't just have chain of command communication. That's too stifling. I need to be able to talk directly to people. So basically, like, if my only way to communicate with my um, supervisor is through my manager... Sure. Is productivity going to hurt? Is that too strict of boundaries of like communication when now not enough information is crossing because now it has to go through this third party or even more if you want it to get higher how about i just walk into the person's office and be like hey listen we you know we have this problem or whatever what you know what should we do about it you know not to feel like you you know someone's going over your head mm -hmm. to not feel like that this is just in terms of communication in the hierarchy right and that terms of communication is important because you would feel the manager being more of your manager if you had to go through them to talk to the supervisor. In the case where you feel like a team, you could just go straight to the supervisor. Hmm. It's very personable. Right. I think a big problem in that is that a lot of people who want to go over their manager's head might not feel that their manager is like their boss, you know? Because something that you just said made me think, like, instead of just going to the manager, manager in a negative connotation, like the manager who always rides my ass for whatever I do, but I want to go and talk and say we have beef with whatever with a third party. Whatever, oh, who's well, a little I'm not. I'm. I'm not talking about having beef or whatever. I'm just saying In work any things situation. that need to get done. Sure. If I need to talk to the supervisor, like not the matter, I need to talk to the supervisor in order to resolve this problem. Because let's say the supervisor is the one dealing out the projects, the manager right. is the one just organizing how that project gets done. Yeah. If you have a question about the project in its like uh in its core, sure. like this thing that we're going after in this project, I don't think it's good because of so and so and so. Yeah. Instead of saying that to the manager and then the manager saying that to the supervisor, well, I'm the one with the problem. Right. With the with the core of this project, so maybe I should just go talk to the supervisor who's in control of the mm. core of the project, and maybe it can get resolved quicker. Yeah. No. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that your problem is that a lot of people don't feel that they are able to go and talk to whomever they want in their corporation. Yeah. But that you believe it ought to be the case that they can feel comfortable whenever they want, wherever they want, talking to whomever they please. Yeah. 
Right. There's definitely a respect element. Like, if your immediate manager is Joe, and Joe's manager is Bob, who's in charge of all of you, mm-hmm. you should feel comfortable to say to Joe, hey, I'm going to pitch this to Bob. Right. And yeah. it shouldn't be hiding it from your immediate. It should definitely be a comfort. I, I don't know. There's a happy medium on all of this. I mean, I've done that a couple times where I went, you know, to my supervisor. And it yeah. wasn't, like, anything that was, you know, like, oh, you know, my manager, blah, 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 he's doing this wrong. It's like, no, I love my manager. I just... You like to hear other people's perspectives, especially the person Certainly. that's dealing out the project. Yeah. Certainly. And I think that, you know, it is very upsetting that so many people are, you know, acting in such a way that we're talking about this problem today, right? Mm-hmm. That it's obviously got some consequences that we're all noticing. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, in my mind, if I'm working at any job like that, I can just bypass this by being a genuine person and saying, to my boss or whoever I want to go, you know, above the heads of and just be transparent with them. And if they can't meet me on that, then it's their fault and their problem that I have to go over their head because I'm coming to you straight fucking forward, man. Like if there was a lot more of that, mm-hmm. I think it would be a little bit I think, less turmoil in this world. I think using the word issue. I think using the word going over the head is a bit of has a bit of a connotation. Yeah. Certainly. Because it, it sounds like you're you're doing something because you know your manager wouldn't like it, so you're just gonna go to your supervisor instead. What I mean by going over the head is reporting to someone one or more links above you in the chain of command. Mm-hmm. So where it would normally be me, Sabrina, mm-hmm. Matt, instead I feel like we have a big problem. Say Sabrina I don't know. Sexually assaults me. Hey, I have it's to just go to a Matt. Tinder date. No. I have to go to Matt. I'm not talking to this bitch about it. Like, I'm going to Matt. And I don't mean that in a negative way. No, I'm just fine. Absolutely. I, I'm sure you understand that. She's all of your many, many viewers. But, you, know, you know what I mean by that? Yeah. I feel like you should. everyone should be comfortable with that. And yeah. I think that it's you know, a problem with people. Ultimately, all of our problems are problems with people, not a problem with the superstructure or what's actually going on, yeah. but it's people. I think... Yeah. Because people are always going to be the cause of problems. Well, do you feel like there's an ego component to it? Because... Certainly. So he's, you know, the big dog. He doesn't want some underling, like, coming to him with, like, some trivial issue or what he no. deems to be a trivial issue. Like what? At least I've seen that in, like, some of the jobs oh, yeah. that I've worked in. For example, my job right now, we... We work as medical assistants. We assist these providers. Some of them are doctors. Some of them are PAs. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't just go to the doctor and ask them a question because it's too, like, they're they're very busy people. Their time is too important. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I believe, do you believe that in some case that's true? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you, like, let's say, all right, so here's the other side of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can go to your supervisor, sure. And... And what I'm saying, in most cases, it's not something, you know, uh, like, oh, someone sexually assaulted me, i got to go to them. Mm-hmm. No, it's more of work project related. It's sure. like, the goal is to get the project done. Yeah. And if make if me going to you versus me going to you <clears> and then you going to them makes this project get done quicker, mm-hmm. then we should obviously do the quicker round and so, we go there. So whatever so, expedites the process, yeah. no matter... Yeah, and, and then on top of that is is can this issue be resolved with your manager in the same amount of time or is it quicker to go to the supervisor? Mm-hmm. In which case, should you be running to your supervisor for every little thing? It's it's like, no, well, if it's quicker for me to just go with the manager, I'm just going to go to the manager. It doesn't matter who I go to. as mm-hmm. We just want the project to get done as fast as possible. Right. It doesn't matter who I talk to. Right. That's the goal. 
Just out of curiosity, what background? Because, like, my immediate back manager, like, came to my graduation. I'm very close with my past immediate manager. Are you guys, like, different? I'm close to my manager. Situations. I mean, I haven't worked there long, but in my other job, no, I wouldn't say I'm close at all. No? Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, I would never go past my immediate manager without Mm -hmm. him being like, oh, that's a great idea. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just look at it as we're all trying to get something done. We, we all want the same end goal. We want, at least in my case, we want, you know, some good predicting, uh, predictive model or something like that. And it's like, listen, if, if they go him, ask his advice, and he gives me some advice and it helps it get done faster, it makes a better model, it's like, all right, who would have a problem with that? That's what we want. We want that to happen. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it doesn't, and at least in my case, it doesn't feel like I'm going over anybody's heads because that's not the point. The point is about getting the project done and doing it faster right. and better. Like, you know, efficiency, that's what we want, you know. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Want to check the time? Oh, it, it was 10. Want to check the time? Oh. <laughs> I don't want to ramble too long. I think it's at around two hours. Oh, wow. Now we're just staring at the camera. It's two hours and 27 minutes long. Oh, should we cut it off? Damn. Well, yeah, okay. (laughs) Goodbye. All right. Well, this is Mike and Sabrina. Yeah. Bye. Yep. Bye. See you later, everybody. (laughs) See you on the next one. Thanks so much. (laughs) Wait, thank you for being on it. Yeah, thanks for coming, guys. Yes, of course. Wow. Yeah, I had a great time. This is great. Best to know.